1: I'm coming for all of you. Right now, there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening? I'm Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast. I'm going to warn you guys, because you may hear stuff in the background. I always warn you about things in the background. There's always planes flying overhead or people lurking outside in a courtyard. There's always nonsense going on. But this time, this time, it may really fill up your head. Because as I speak, as I sit here, there's... a. Uh, there's apparently somebody driving a lawnmower on the roof of the home I'm in. I, d- I don't know how they're getting this close. I don't know why they're getting right up to the goddamn door. I don't know why the sound is bleeding through, obviously, four layers of plastic or glass or whatever they use in the Midwest to cover themselves outside the patio door. But uh, the sound is rumbling through. And I can tell you this, by the way, for the first time, I'm I'm coming to you with gardening sounds that are not brought to you by a Mexican. I guarantee you that is some sort of red hat wearing Trump dude who's out there fucking killing grass blades and calling each of them some someone from Afghanistan or or or, or I was gonna say Dominica. Is that a place? That's not a place. The Dominican Republic, of course, that's a place. Or El Salvador. Do you think that? You think Trump supporters get onto their fucking lawnmower and as they kill the blades of grass, they realize they think that they're they're separating the baby grass away from the families of grass. Do you think they're happy to do that? Are they rooting for it? Is it some cosplay for them? Uh, Folks, you know, here's the thing. I come to you all the time at this show. Sometimes I'm at my house. Sometimes at my desk. Sometimes. well, Not sometimes. Basically all the fucking time. Wait a minute. That sounds weird. Sometimes. What if I wasn't all the time at my desk? What if I was constantly driving or something? Well, I guess that was year eight. Yeah, remember that when I had a thought I had a life and I went out places and I recorded from fucking airports and other people's homes. Uh, And then, of course, everybody wrote me and they said, this is fantastic. You should keep doing this. And I said, I'd love to. I don't have a choice in it. Uh, But then it turned out that the choice, the best choice was to go ahead and evacuate and make your move. But I can't get into that, folks. Nobody wants to hear that kind of story, do they? Actually, everybody does. That's all everybody wants to hear. Whenever I meet them, that's the first question they ask. Hey, can you explain year eight, nine or year seven or anything else that happened in your fucking life around that goddamn time that that top? You seem to avoid? Well, there's just no point. It's a national comedy show. Why would I uh, focus all of its laser like intensity in one small town? Uh, That seems rude and wrong. Uh, So I'm coming to you from a holler. Does that make any sense? Do I sound different from the bottom of a holler as I yell at you folks? Because I am currently in. Now, I, I look Cincinnati's a city Cincinnati's a big city I don't think I'm in Cincinnati I think because Cincinnati is, is I think Cincinnati's Bible Belt if that's if that's the case I'm I'm right now in Bible suspenders I'm somewhere around the Bible Belt I'm not sure exactly where I am uh, but I'm in oh I'm in Ohio no I'm not in Ohio I'm in Kentucky I think fuck what is wrong with you people putting all these states so close to one another what's wrong you gotta have some separation you gotta have a little birth you gotta have a chasm between Kentucky and Ohio and uh and there, well, who else is around here so it's the Midwest so there's all sorts of places I get This is technically the east, uh, I was told today. This is the east coast. Because I get out and I said, this is kind of Midwest hot. And by Midwest hot, I mean when you're walking, it just feels like you're walking through a sprinkler at all goddamn times. I actually, I walked outside today... Uh, I should tell you, it's Tuesday. Happy 4th of July, by the way. That, that was yesterday. It's, it's a time machine, this show, folks. I recorded it on Tuesday. We have a major holiday tomorrow. And then on Thursday, you hear it. And then you think to yourself, why well, wasn't Mike recording this then? But in reality, I have been recording it on Thursdays. And you guys don't like that. So I go back and I do it on Tuesdays. And when I say you guys don't like that, I mean, you don't have an opinion. I mean, I try to blame you guys for my shortcomings and my faults. How about that? Go ahead and accept that, folks. Uh, I am here in the, uh, as I said, in the Midwest, East slash something. I'm in a holler in Kentucky. Uh, It's just me and Emmett Otter's jug band, and we're here having a good time doing nothing. I've been banished in this home. I'm literally doing a show. This is totally true. I've done the show. Like I said, I've done it at my desk. I've done it in San Francisco at the Jesuit compound. I've done it at Zach's house in Phoenix. I've done it from Ken's house in Toronto at a stone countertop with Bulldogs breathing in the background. Uh, This is the first time I've actually done the show in a museum-like replica of my ex-mother-in-law's house. This is... Astonishing to me when I walked in here, because uh, she's like, "Oh yeah, we I, we pulled up, and on the outside it looks just like it." Okay, and by she I should say Colette, our friend Colette, listener Colette, has been so kind to reach out to me and have me here in Cincinnati at her place, uh, Ohio, uh, Kentucky, wherever the fuck we are in the holler, in the in the nether world, in the in the in the floating Bible belt suspender area, in the in the no-doubt people who uh, do that thing where they shake hands in church? How weird is that fucking thing? I've been to church, and they do that thing where they're like, "It's what is it, I give you peace? Or are you supposed to bid somebody peace? Are you supposed to shake hands with everybody in the church? What do you fucking hate a guy in the church? Because you can't like everybody in the goddamn church. Well, all of these days... You can't like anybody in the goddamn church the way things are rolling in this country at this point. I'm lying. You love Jesus, and that's fantastic. Good for you. I bid you peace. If I was there, I'd shake your goddamn hand or whatever Whatever you want me to go ahead and shake. And See, that's a problem. See, priests were doing that for a long-ass time. They were like, I bid you peace, and whipping it out. And kids are like, hey, hold on a second. I thought this was strictly a handshake deal. They're like, look, if you want to get in tight with the big man upstairs, and by that I mean the father who lives in the rectory up top, you want to go ahead and grab a handful of my junk and let's fucking run off a holy batch. Uh... That's probably wrong. I apologize. I'm sure you Christians didn't really do any of that stuff for Catholics. Are Christians Catholics? Are they the same thing? Or are they like the Jets and the fucking Sharks? Like, they're both gangs, but they, they wear the different colors. Do Christians wear, like, a, a different had leather jacket when they go out and ride their Christian motorcycles to start a war with the Catholics. Uh I remember that movie Billy Jack when they had like the it was the Born Losers. That was a movie that I saw at the movies one time. And a guy got shot between the eyes and his fucking sunglasses broke and they fell off and I thought it was the coolest thing at eight years old. That's right. My mom dropped me off at that movie when I was eight years old. My mom's a great parent. Uh oftentimes we would be I, I think about it now, dude, I was molested as a kid. All right, that's fine but I mean, how many, Is not fine, actually, hold on, that is not really fine, let me stop myself right there, it was not really fine, I'm not advocating for that, I'm not saying it was a good thing, and it's not something I take a great deal of pride in, Uh, I was molested by the wrong people, like I said, if the priests would have got me, I'd have a lot more money, and maybe I'm not talking to you motherfuckers, maybe I'd go off and buy an island somewhere, instead, I gotta get molested by your run-of-the-mill dude who doesn't have a fucking higher authority he's got to answer to, Uh, so, 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 let me, let me go on record now, let me clear, up any conclusions you may have drawn from what i just said being molested is not fine i have to go ahead and back up the truck here in the holler and uh, although again in a holler who knows man molestation might be the rule of the day maybe that's the thing maybe they all get together for a pagan ritual and they paint themselves with honey and let the bees sting them just before they molest all the children in town i think i just invented a pagan ritual that could be a possibility um so all right so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna draw a line in the sand folks Molestation is not fine. Go ahead and and take that with you. Take it to the bank. Run with it. And and feel free to spread the word on that. And I look, I know that's a controversial opinion, but I'm going to fucking stand behind it. You can go ahead and throw that on your your Huffington Posts or on your Daily Mails or whatever the fuck other publication you want to go ahead and throw it out there and try to shame me, and I will fight you tooth and goddamn nail, baby. Molestation is not fine, particularly in my case. But it fucking happened. Uh... So why, why did I even get into that? I don't even know why. I, oh, I know why. Because my mom's a terrible parent. Uh, and so I was, like I said, molested as a child. That's fine. But I am shocked that I wasn't molested a lot more often. I got to be honest. Because the, the way I lived my life as a kid, uh, my mom would just, there were, dude, my mom, there was a double feature. There's a theater, uh, the Brighton Theater in, on Archer Avenue in Chicago. And on Saturdays, they did a double feature. My mom would just drop us there. Like, and now here's the thing, my mom wasn't working at the time because at the time we were, you know, we were living with uh, still my dad and his family who, you know, they own the house that they kicked us out of. Have I told that story in here? I think I have. People know that tragic story. Uh, if you're new, because there might be a new person. Hi, Jaden. That's right. I'm throwing Jaden into the mix. Let me talk about Jaden for just a second. Jaden is a guy who uh, I picked him up on a street corner. He blew me. No, that seems wrong. Um, <laughs> I blew him. Who am I, who am I kidding? Come on. I needed $20. God damn it. Things are tight uh i'll tell you what if you if you blow a guy that's that's your business all right that's fine if you're trying to make some money there's no shame in it there's no shame in your game do whatever you got to do to try to stay afloat if you blow a guy named Jaden, you gotta ask yourself some serious questions at that point that is there's no amount of money that that can can, you can get handed at the end of that transaction to feel good about driving off and going man i just blew Jaden. god damn that's awful right there's no way you can go ahead and wear that as a badge of honor. No, even if it comes up in a discussion later. I blew a Roger. I blew a Steve. I blew a Jaden. You're out of the Blue Guys Club. They don't fucking want you in there. You just fucking lowered yourself and debased yourself for a goddamn millennial Jaden. Ah, oh, terrible. Go ahead and, you know, blow a guy with a real name. Blow a plumber named Carl. That's Blow a Roy. You can kind of blow a real man. Don't blow a Jaden. Uh... I I hope he's listening how fucking awful this dude this is a new guy who might be listening for fuck's sake Um, and I used his real name he's probably gonna be like I can't believe he's a fucking real name Uh, alright so here's the thing Uh, Jaden is a guy I picked up uh I, I was Ubering, you know me. I drive. I do that terrible thing. As as if this show alone hasn't convinced you that I've got a great future in driving people around. I don't know what what will if there's if there's any ringing endorsement about my career as a fucking chauffeur. It's this goddamn 9 minutes I've dropped on you so far. Uh so Jaden is a fella and he's a he had to be picked up. Get this. This is weird Southern California stuff, at least it seemed like it was to me. Uh I happen to be in a uh in a uh, well, fuck! Now I'm going to tell you where Jaden lives. That's not good at all. All right, I was I was north of where I live. It was in the North Valley. Uh, but I, all right, let's put it this way. This should tell you all you need to know. It, I consider it the North Valley, but the people who live there would probably consider it the Norte Valley. I mean, they, they, there is very rarely are you going to run into a, a, a regular English speaker. I mean, there's guys who speak English, but it's a very Hispanic area. There's a lot of people, you know, selling tacos on the street corner at two in the fucking morning, which is, which is first of all, handy, but also ridiculous. Uh, but it's just a, it's very... Because there are spots in California where you can drive, and all of a sudden you're like, "Am I? Am I in Tijuana? Is there a donkey show coming up? Is there? A, you know what? Is a donkey going to blow Jaden? Because I'll pay to see that for fuck's sake. Go ahead and cough up seeing Jaden put it in the mouth of a donkey. God, he just stopped listening. Um, I was hoping to bring this guy on board. He was all excited in the car the other day. Things seemed to be happy. Uh, well, of course, when you're getting blown, why wouldn't it be? I got to drop this line of questioning. Stop. No more. Uh, well, he's gone already. Let's talk about him. All right. So no, here's the deal. Uh, I'm in. I'm in Norte uh, valley. And it was like 10 30 at night. No, it was fucking 11. Cause I just dropped somebody off and uh, I got pinged to give a ride to somebody and I go over and it's Jaden, of course. And Jaden is leaving a hockey rink. Uh, yeah, I exactly. I, that's what I felt like. I'm like, you have a, how do they have a hockey rink near West Hills or Van Nuys or wherever the fuck I was? I mean, it is, It is just the only thing I would think Mexicans would want ice for is to put their Coronas in it or their cervezas or whatever the fuck. But no, I guess there's skating going on or maybe there's I I don't even know the logic of building an ice rink in the middle of Mexico. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, But that's where they were. They were playing pickup hockey. So I picked up our friend Jaden. And, uh, and I mentioned him by name because I'm dumb. I should not have been using his name, but that's all right. What the hell? He's not really listening because if he had been listening, he would have contacted me by now. And here's why he gets in the car and we're talking. And, uh, he mentions, I mentioned, are you playing hockey? He said, yeah. And then he, uh, he goes, do you know anything about hockey? And I said, I know everything about hockey. And then we wound up having like a 25 minute conversation about hockey, which was fucking awesome. Uh, and then it bled over into who he was and what he was doing and going to school. And then he, uh, in the middle of all of this, we're talking and he just goes, uh, you need to have a show. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you need to have a show like a, a talk show about hockey or you need to do something where you're talking because you, you, it, it just seems like that's what you should be doing. And, uh, and I said, well, look, I'm not telling you this because of you. I'll tell you this because you said this, but I'm not telling it because I'm like, Ooh, look at me. But, uh, but I have a show. I have a podcast. He's like, really? What is it? And I said, it's called the 40 year old boy. So I'm driving and he's talking and he holds his phone up in front of my face. He goes, is this you? I said, it is. He goes, I'm subscribing right now. I said, you don't want to do that. Uh, and he said no of course I do oh my god I want I can't wait to hear the show he goes I I go well it's not about hockey I'll tell you that trust me next week it's about you getting blown in a car how about that that's what that's a topic I've been looking for Um, and he just he's like subscribed and then uh, he said what do you do I said I do comedy and we talked and then we parked we talked hockey fights for like 15 minutes and then uh, he asked me you know what I was doing if I was doing a show and I said well the thing is In a month, you know, I have to, the only reason I was up here is I was actually at Walmart and this is totally true. I dropped somebody off and I happened to be near Walmart and I had to buy something for streaming purposes for the Twitch channel that's launching in like a month or so. And so I told him, I go, yeah, the only reason I'm fucking up here at this time of night on a Sunday is because I had to go ahead and grab this thing. I had just dropped somebody off and it just was convenient to go ahead and get it. And he goes, you have a Twitch channel? I said, well, I do, but I'm not on it yet. I said, this month there'll be a lot of like test streams and shit like that. I go, but honestly, uh, I don't know the first fucking thing about it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to hook it up. I don't know how to to be a presence on there. I don't know how to play games. I don't know how to stream. I go, this seemed like a great idea, and a guy talked me into it and said it was fantastic. And then he was going to come to town. Yeah, Superfan Geo, who I did not mention to uh, our friend Jaden, Superfan Geo told me, "Dude, you got a stream. It's going to be amazing. I, I, you know, we'll fucking hook it up. It'll be great. Your apartment." Blah, blah. I said, "Fantastic." And then Jaden uh, Geo's like, "Hey, yeah. By the way, I can't come to town." said, uh, what you were supposed to come to town and help me hook all this shit up. Like, I don't know. I mean, I got stuff in boxes that I supposedly have to unbox on camera. And oh, uh, by the way, you know, it's also in a box, the fucking camera. So I got to unbox the camera in order to unbox the other stuff. Uh, but Gio's like, yeah, you know what though? I'll Skype you and I'll tell you. I'm like, Skype me. Are you fucking kidding me? There's no, there's no way that's not. And by here's why I'm being so petulant about it because, uh, if you Skype me, You're not here to plug all of the things into the holes and the places they're supposed to go. That means I'm going to have to do some work, and I am not on board for that, goddammit. The whole point of starting a Twitch channel at the age of 50 is because I don't want to get a real goddamn job. If I wanted to have a job plugging shit into holes and walls, I'd go get a fucking electrician's job, a good, solid electrician's job, and then I'd be Mike the Electrician, and people could blow me without shame. But fuck, man. He's like, yeah, man, I don't think I'm going to make it down there. And I'm like, all right, so... I guess we'll figure it out. And I keep sending him these like vaguely panicky texts where I'm like, hey, look, here's what my July looks like. And we've got to probably try to figure out exactly when we're going to go and and, and get this squared away. And I don't know when you're going to have time. And, oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be great. We're going to go. But first of all, you got to buy this and this. and You got to take care of this. And I'm like, all right. And I mean, I have a bunch of shit that's still in cellophane and, and, and cardboard. And it's that's that's literally that's my career. That's the Twitch channel all sitting in a pile. And I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do. So I mentioned to Jaden that I was doing a Twitch channel. I go, yeah, but I and and uh, you know me, I'm not exactly one to keep things close to the fucking vest. So he's like, you're doing a Twitch channel? I go, yeah. I have no idea why. I go, I like I, I, the, the standard line I always use. Is I go, I don't know why anybody would want to watch a 50 year old man lose at Dig Dug, and uh and Geo's just like everybody wants to watch a 50 year old man lose at Dig Dug, and I'm like, there's no fucking way, dude. And and so I, when I, with Jaden. I was like, I said, uh, there's another game I use and I used it with Jade and I go, look, I don't think anybody wants to watch a 50 year old man lose at burger time. And I'm not even joking. Jade goes, I would totally watch a 50 year old man lose at burger time. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, man, that's awesome. He goes, that's the whole thing. He goes, if you're funny, it doesn't matter. And that's and the funniest. That's exactly what fucking Geo keeps saying to me. It doesn't. He's like, it doesn't matter about fucking you know Tetris or fucking Burger Time or any dumb game or you losing or any of that shit. They go, they just want to watch you get progressively more frustrated as you try to play a fucking game and you lose it, and then eventually maybe you'll be good at it or something. Who knows? Um, and, and so Jaden literally said the exact same phrase. He goes, "I would totally watch a fifty-year-old man lose at Burger Time." Like what? Uh, so I said, all right, well, so I got this, who knows that's coming up. Eventually I'll be losing at burger time for millions of viewers. Eventually the world will get to watch me lose at burger time. Hey world, want to watch me step on my dick and swear about it. It's going to be fantastic. Want to watch me fire a controller through a goddamn wall and hit Lou, the racist bartender in the fucking skull. Go ahead and stick around. Cause if I can't fucking shake the salt on those little running around sausages, I'm going to totally throw my burger time game into the goddamn bathtub. Uh, is that what they do? I think it is, right? Isn't it? You're a chef, right? You're a chef and you run around and you throw salt on people to kill them. Uh, which seems weird because I'll tell you what, that's just, you know, what, that's a very white centric game. Because white people don't season their food. Ethnic people season their fucking foods, so they don't see salt as the enemy. But white people, they've made salt the enemy. How dare you marginalize salt, motherfuckers? Maybe that's why people are like, oh man, I can't have too much salt, it's for my heart. No, it's not for your heart. It's the fact that you know that the Burger Time chef is out there killing sausages with it, and it's just ingrained in your head from the time you were a youth. A, a, a youth? I almost didn't get that out. Uh, that's why you fear salt because you, you fear the burger time chef, or actually perhaps you just, you, maybe you empathize with the burger time chef. Maybe you want to throw salt on things and kill it. Is that what you want to do with your life? That'd be the weirdest serial killing of all time. <laughs> if you fucking salt crust, grill somebody and throw them on a fucking spit. Oh, wait a second. I just invented a weird ass serial killer. But that's a lot of fucking work, and that's a lot of salt. If you want to wrap up, you got to kill babies at that point. You can't be wrapping up adults in goddamn salt crust and throwing them on a grill. You got to wrap up an infant because that's, at least that's not as much salt, and it's certainly not as much effort. By the way, just as if I'm not advocating blowing guys, I'm going to tell you I'm not advocating molesting people, and I'm certainly not advocating killing babies. This show took a dark turn. I don't know what the Midwest does to me when I show up. It's because I'm in a holler. I'm in a holler in my old mother in law's house, and I'm banished to fucking chafing dish corner. This is fucked. Because uh, it, it's not really fucked. This is a lovely place and everything's fine. However, she's uh, I, and I don't. I don't expect you people when you invite me to your houses to uh, to have places for me to record, like studios or anything. I don't even have a fucking studio at my house, but I have a desk. Uh, and here again, here I sit at a kitchen table with not kidding, three hot plates, a slow cooker, and uh, and I am in what can only be described as. The ricketiest of rickety chairs. If you saw the young ones, and I talked about that thing where Rick is like, blast the rickety chair. Nobody wants to sit in it. Dude. I'm going to tell you what, I am getting a real good workout on my hamstrings right now because I am hovering above the chair because I do not want to smash it by putting all of my weight on it. It is the, it is Tinker Toys. That's exactly what it is. Do you remember what Tinker Toys were? If you don't look them up, Tinker Toys were essentially like putting pickup sticks into honeycombs. That's all there was. You were building things by putting pickup sticks into honeycombs. Somebody, somebody took two different games, a game, I'm sorry, a game and a cereal and then combined them. Tinker Toys where you put pickup sticks into fucking honeycombs and you built like a fucking mousetrap or whatever the fuck. Well, that's what this kitchen set is built out of it. I'm sitting on it, waiting, waiting for it to collapse. There's going to be a huge fucking noise. Remember I warned you about the guy going by in the goddamn fucking uh, lawnmower? Fuck that. The next noise you hear is going to be me crashing to the linoleum floor of my ex-mother-in-law's ghost house. Uh, so, I, I let's finish Jaden. Let's talk about that. So, Jaden is like, yeah, man, that totally sounds like a good idea. I think, you, you know, if you're funny, people will watch. That's all that matters. I said, oh, the thing is that I'm fucking completely warped out. I have no idea how the fuck I'm going to make it work. I don't know how I'm going to, and he just goes, well, you know, uh, like I'd be willing to help you with that. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, if you wanted help like setting stuff up or you wanted to go ahead and, you know, set up the cameras and things, he goes, I, I have, I have some knowledge about that. I don't, I'd totally be able to help you. Now you people out there, what would you do in that situation? If a person offered you help and said, Hey, I can totally help you with that thing that you're trying to do that you have nobody to help you with. You might say, Hey, that's a fantastic idea, Jaden. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let's exchange numbers and make that a thing. However, if you're me, uh, what you'll do is you'll look at Jaden, you'll go, you know what, Jaden? that's a, that's a fantastic. And by the way, I should tell you, Shannon already yelled at me for this. Shannon doesn't, Shannon doesn't really get like uh she didn't yell, but she definitely pointed out the flaw in this strategy and said, Hey, this is uh, this is old Mike behavior. And I'm like, yeah, probably. Uh, But here's, but I thought I was being nice and polite and you tell me if I was or I was not. And uh, by, by tell me, I mean, shout it in your house and I'll probably get the message eventually. Uh, I said to Jaden, I go, you know what? That is an amazing offer and that's totally cool. And I would love to take you up on that. Thank you. Uh, he goes, well, I'll just give you my number. And I said, well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm not going to take your number. I said, you, you subscribe to the show, go in and listen to a few episodes, go check out my website, Google me and see who I am. And if you're still interested tonight or tomorrow or in another couple days, you send me an email and contact me to let me know that this is something you still want to do. He goes, okay. I go, look, I know it sounds weird, but I'm not being weird. But here's the thing. You've had a couple of beers and you've been playing hockey tonight. And now you're getting, you're giving your phone number to a 50 year old man in an Uber car in the dark. And tomorrow when I call you, I can't imagine you looking at the number and going, who the fuck is this guy? And then you answer it and I'm like, Hey, Jaden, it's me, Mike, your Uber driver. Want to come over and set up the camera, which sounds like a weird invite all the way around. Uh, and he laughed and he's just like, all right, well, yeah, no, that, that, that kind of makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, see, the thing is, uh, make sure this is something you want to do because, you know, like I said, you're a couple of beers in and you wind up giving me your number. And then if I call you in three days and you shun me, or you'd like, you've sent me to voicemail, then it's just going to be a fucking tragedy. And then I'm going to be like, ah, God damn, don't fucking write checks. Your mouth can't cash. Don't write checks. Your camera's setting up ass. You can't cash. And, uh, and he was very nice and pleasant about it. He's like, yeah, you know what? I can do that. I'll do, I'll do. And but but here's of course. And you know the punchline of the whole thing. This was Sunday. Here we are Tuesday. I've heard nothing from Jaden. He has not contacted me. He literally went into his house and fell asleep in a in a hockey and beer fog, and then woke up and just went. I, I vaguely remember something about a fifty year old man and burger time last night. That's kind of strange. Uh, and now here's my favorite part. If he goes ahead and he goes, I, you know what? I haven't listened to that guy's show. I'm going to go ahead and tune into this new one and see what it's all about. And he's going to hear me doing 15 minutes on me blowing him in a car. And he's like, yeah, probably a good idea. I didn't give this guy my fucking phone number, right? Yes. And I don't know who he's talking to. Perhaps some, a ghost. Perhaps he has a mother-in-law ghost house that he stays in. Uh, so that's the point. So the point is, Jaden was like very gracious. And he's like, hey, man, I'll give you my phone number. You can call me. I can totally help you. But it just... And and I won't lie to you, it just felt weird because we were in the complete darkness. We were like outside in the dark and I'm in the front seat and he's in the back seat. and We're having this conversation. It was almost like a weird taxicab confessions vibe. And uh, and then I felt bad. Like I'm like, I can't take advantage of this poor kid. He's had a couple of beers. I'm going to get his phone number and put him to work. Um, but we all know what it really was. It was me uh, deflecting help from people and also me wondering if I was good enough or if he would like the show. Or, you, know, you know what I mean? I, I get it. Shannon pointed all this out to me because she that's her fucking job. She's a fucking pro, apparently. And she gets a spoon and cracks open my skull and digs around in my fucking tiny brain and tries to figure out what the fuck I was doing. Uh, and then when she pointed it out, I'm like, yeah, I guess I, I was doing it. She goes, well, no, because you were essentially, you were avoiding work like you always do. She goes, you were by, by not giving him the number. You didn't have to make an appointment to get your stuff set up, but also you were giving him the opportunity to not like you, which is what's something you do a lot. You like you, you basically guarantee that people won't like what you do. When in reality, there are so many people who like what you do. I said, yeah, I know. And, and I'm sure you guys don't want to fucking hear it or whatever. That's fine. Um, but it led me here. It led me to Cincinnati for this, uh, this, the shenanigans. We, I, 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 I almost didn't get here. Now let's talk about that for just a fucking second, because I am a genius, folks. Um, <laughs> Uh first of all like I said I'm, I'm here at Colette's house recording. I'm not staying at Colette's house. Don't get that twisted. Don't be thinking because uh her husband Doug will have none of that. He wants he doesn't even want me here in his goddamn house. Uh cuz she's I have not I have not met this dude. I don't know a fucking thing about this guy and yet he's supposed to come home tonight and cook me a steak. How fucking wrong is that, right? That just sounds terrible. This guy I I literally I came to this guy's house. I took my pants off and took a nap here. And now he's going to come here. He's going to make me a steak. Doesn't that seem a little infringy? Like kind of I'm overstepping some boundaries or something like that. I mean, granted, I've been in this house before many, many times with my ex-wife. And so I should go ahead and feel at home. But to just to take off my pants and sleep on the couch and just fucking sit here and wait for him to come home. Because this guy, dude, this guy's coming home from fucking work to make me a steak. Get the fuck out of here. That's got to be awful, right? In his mind, he's got to be dreading this entire thing. So I keep saying to Colette, I go, man, Doug has got to be furious at me, right? He wants nothing to do with me. And uh, and I guess that's, you know what, that's a microcosm. That's, that's just me and Jaden in the car all over again. Me assuming that fucking uh, Doug is going to be Jaden. Uh, by the way, this is a good time to tell you his name is not Doug. Um, I just like calling him Doug because it, I, for some reason I thought his name was Doug and then she told me his real name. And so I've been calling him Doug the whole time to the point where she was even talking to him on the phone to discuss what they were going to do tonight. I'm like, hi, Doug. And uh, she didn't acknowledge it because I didn't, I'm sure she didn't want him to go, what did he just say? Uh, but doesn't it, doesn't it... I mean, look, I'm America's house guest. We already know this. I still, I show up. I'm, just, I'm the thing that wouldn't leave. I crash on your goddamn couch and everything's fine. But if you... As a dude, if you had to come home like it, it, this, goes back to Eric when when Eric produced the fucking first nine episodes of the show, and his wife Karen was just like, "Hey, is your hobby coming over today? What time is your hobby coming over?" Well, this has to be weird for this for fucking Doug because Colette, you know, she's a listener, a longtime listener, and she's really great, and, and we're actually doing the race together on on Saturday. You know who's not doing the race? Fucking Doug. He could not be less interested. He's like, "Yeah, nah, you guys go ahead and do that." And I mean, I just, I just find and look. Granted, we're coming out of a relationship where I basically just, I I, uh, uh, I, I clung to the, my uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, like, a, like a moray eel or like a barnacle on a ship uh, and had to deal with every, and maybe, you know, because eventually she'd go to somebody's house and a guy would make her a steak and I'd be like, why the fuck is that guy making you a steak? Uh, but it's probably because I had seen 55 texts from that guy telling her how hot she was before he made her a fucking steak. And so it made me fucking kind of go a little bananas, uh, because that's the kind of guy I am. Hi, how you doing? Uh, but I'm not even that kind of guy. I tried to look, I tried. I was like, Hey, I have fun, be safe. And then I don't hear from you for 12 hours. And I'm, then you, you get mad at me. Why are you mad at me? Oh, I know. Cause you were doing shit during that 12 hours that I shouldn't be fucking worried about. Maybe project much. You have no idea how much reading I've done on this subject. You have no idea. No idea. As a matter of fact, I have two books cracked open right now. Imagine how hard it is to do this show while I'm still reading the research about this kind of thing, trying to, get to educate myself and throw some salve on my mental wounds. Uh, and, but but it doesn't help. Mental wounds still screaming, driving me insane. I'm going off the rails on this fucking crazy train. God damn it. Uh, uh, see, that's the kind of magic I'm going to bring to Doug today when he comes home to make me a steak. I, I don't know what else. He's, and it's funny. It, it, here's... This is so... <laughs> This is me, dude. Because uh, she's like, yeah, Doug's going to make some steaks. And I'm not even joking in my brain. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Uh, and then part of me's like, well, what else? Like, what else are we having? Like, are we having a vegetable? Like, what else is. Is Doug just going to make me a steak and I got to eat it like some sort of keto monster, like a caveman? Or are there going to be side dishes involved? Because I'll tell you what, if I come here and I take a nap on a guy's couch and I take my pants off, I fully expect at least two side dishes, one vegetable, one starch. You need to get, you need to provide me and my fucking bottomless self with a vegetable and a goddamn starch. Who do you think you are, man? You're going to make me a steak. Good for you. Well, I'll tell you what, anybody can throw a fucking piece of meat on a goddamn piece of fire and make it fucking turn into something charbroiled. But you know what? The delicate man makes me a fucking watercress salad. That's what I think. The actual true chef, the true host, makes me a, a gratin potato. Make me a potatoes gratin, Doug! Who do you think you are, man? At work all day while I sleep in your house? Jesus Christ! And that's the thing is, I've done this before, and so I, that's why it feels so weird to me. Like, I when I was with fucking Kathy... Um, you know, I was living in her house and her fucking, her husband would go to work construction. He would work like fuck a real fucking job. Like, you know, he got that guy's getting, he'd come home with like nails in his hair. I mean, he's like, he's like doing that kind of fucking job. Meanwhile, I'm home railing his wife and watching wheel of fortune. That's not fucking good. That's just a sneaky dickhead thing to do, man. And I'm not that guy. I've totally changed from being that guy. Now, now I just, now I'll tell you what, now I don't rail your wife. I just eat your steak. What a jag off. Ah, Doug. All right. But I will tell you this: You know what? You want to make me something? You want to make me a side dish? You want to make me a starch? You want to make me a vegetable? You want to make me uh, make me a steak? Uh, I will tell you this: I am because, uh, as you know, when I come to your town, I certainly expect a red carpet of some sort. Uh, I, I'm sitting here in, like I said, chafing Dish Corner. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to call it Swiffer Corner because I'm also by a pile of Swiffers. This is a clean house. I won't lie to you; it's very clean. Uh, there is a, quite frankly, the largest box of Cheerios I've ever seen in my life, as if. There was going to be a zombie apocalypse. Two people live here. Two people live here. They have enough oat cereal to last them for five years. It's in one box. It is this, it is a never, it's from, this box is from Narnia. It is so fucking huge. It is just the lion, the witch, and the never ending Cheerios. That's what this fucking box says to me. Because you can just keep pouring it and Cheerios would just, it would just be a shower of golden oat goodness. And you would just consume it for days and days. You could hide in this fucking house from that guy who's driving the lawnmower on the roof and just eat fucking oat cereal and survive. Uh, but I looked around. Look, I took a casual glance around the kitchen, and I'm like, "All right, we're having steak. There must be a side dish involved." But you know, i, I, I her fridge—you know—the only thing there's in her fridge, Propel. She's just got. She wrote. She's like, "Hey, man, I stocked you up on Propel," and that's. I I love the fact that that resonates from five years ago because that's all I did was drink fucking Propel all the goddamn time. And now at my house, I don't even buy Propel anymore. I I just drink water. I drink bottled water, but every time I go to somebody's house, Zach had Propel. Fucking uh, everybody's got Propel. Everybody's got that stuff. <laughs> Uh, by the way, that sounds maniacal to Colette because you guys don't know this, there was an edit there. Uh, and I have to be honest with you, I have to tell you, there was an edit right there, but I have to laugh to match the last thing I did. So I had laughed and I have to laugh in order to be able to make it seamless to fucking mix it together. And, uh, it just sounds so stupid when you're doing it by yourself. It sounds stupid. But then when somebody else has to watch you, cause every other show I've done in somebody's house, when I've been with Zach or I want to go, what if I ran down all their names every time I talked about When I was at Zach's house and Ken's house and this house and, oh, my God, kill yourselves. uh, Nobody wants to hear that. But the thing is, when I did there, I did one take Jake's. Like, I blazed through the fucking show because uh, I had momentum. I liked doing it. But just now, um, and again, this this negates the whole point of the edit. But the thing is, I said something I I didn't want in the show. And uh, I gave, uh, well, I'll just tell you what I said. I accidentally said Fearful Jesuit's name and uh you know he's a hidden fella he doesn't want he doesn't want anybody to know who he is so i was like i was at zach's house and then i said his real name's house uh instead of being at jesuit's compound all of a sudden i i the curtain was pulled back i gave you a little peek a little showbiz peek and you knew i was at a dude's house instead of a monk's compound and that's no good uh but the good news is i edited it out so you guys won't have to worry about hearing that oh well you say that i've just covered it in the last fucking two minutes of course i have because i'm a fucking idiot uh you would think that i would just normally go ahead and move on but the reason i can't is because i'm so weirded out the fact that colette just had to hear me edit a fucking show and then go to jump back in because i had gone at the end of the last fucking thing so it's just this bad fake laughing so then it makes the show because the thing is when people want me to do the show in their house whether it's in a holler whether it's at a jesuit's compound whether it's a person whose name i can't say's house whether it's zach's house whether it's a ken's Ken's house i'm gonna do it i'm gonna see their houses all the goddamn time um I always say they want to see like the magic. They want to see how it's done. They want to see a one take. And, uh, and then if you gotta, but if you gotta watch me stop down and fucking edit, man, nobody wants to fucking see that. So now Colette thinks I'm an idiot. She's gonna kick me out of her fucking house. You think Doug's making me a steak tonight? Nope, not now. Doug's gonna be like, wait a minute. You had to edit that fucking show? You couldn't one take it? Well, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna just fucking troll me because he's gonna throw the steak on and then he's gonna take it off ra- like raw and put it on my plate. And I'm gonna go, dude, this is kind of a raw steak. And he's gonna go, oh, I guess I should edit it till it's cooked. And then he's gonna fucking walk away. And I'm like, God damn it, Doug. I'm going to go sleep in your house again, you fuck. Um, that seems rude. Doug's a nice man. He's making me a steak. And again, like I said, a set of starch. Um, but you, you know, and you're thinking to yourselves, folks, uh, you're like, Mike, is there a starch available to be made? Yes. I'm telling you, I'm over here in Chafing Dish Corner. I'm over here in Swiffer Corner, ladies and gentlemen. And on the table, just over to my left, on uh, just it's your right, my left. That's right. Go ahead. And look to your right. <laughs> Uh, on my left, there is a, there is, is as big as the box of Cheerios is folks, there is a box of, and embrace and yourselves because you are going to think to yourselves, I am so jealous of Mike because, uh, I, I, this has to be in my future, right? There's no reason to have this in your house when with me coming over, unless you plan on making it, there is a box of red lobster, cheddar Bay biscuit mix right over my shoulder, right on this table, right next to me. Uh, and I saw it and I took a note of it and I'm like, well, obviously that clearly that will be being made tonight along with the steak. Uh, I want to see Doug come home from work and get his hands dirty throw his hands in the fucking flour mix and some water and just knead it because you know biscuits they need a lot of love you gotta throw butter in there you don't fucking just roll it the fuck out so uh so he's gonna make me some cheddar bay biscuits Doug I'm sure he is uh, although I gotta be honest with you um if you knew I was coming to your fucking house wouldn't you have the cheddar Bay biscuits made and waiting for me when I walked in the goddamn door it should be like when you're selling your house and you bake cookies if you got me coming over make cheddar bay biscuits so the house smells like fucking cheddar bay biscuits and I can wolf that shit down man just a pile of it just a big you remember in those fucking commercials when all the kids would come in from playing baseball and the mom would be like, Hey, you want a drink? And they'd be like, you got sunny D and she'd have a thousand packages of sunny D. You should have a thousand cheddar bay biscuits for me to just roll around in like a goddamn dog in dirt. Just fucking go ahead and throw them behind my ears. Just fucking jam them in my mouth. God damn. Do I love cheddar bay biscuits? Dude, the other day I follow quest love on Instagram. Now quest love is a rich man. Questlove is a guy who never stops working. He's the he's the house drummer on the Tonight Show. He's in the Roots. They're making great music. He's funny. He's a best-selling author. He's a New York Times best-selling author, and uh, and he treated an Instagram story. And you know what it was? It was him eating Cheddar Bay biscuits at Red Lobster. I'm like, you're goddamn right. Because you know what? In him, he, he's all of those things, but he's still at his core a guy who knows a guy who knows a good biscuit, and Cheddar Bay biscuits. Those those things. That's just holy fuck, dude. That's just, that's just sex. That's just that's just like. Uh, a dough pussy that you just bury your face in and fucking choke that down. That seems aggressive and wrong. Um, but uh, I'll call it that. Why not? Just because I want to make sure, because I want to make sure if Jaden hadn't hung up before Jaden uh, hung up because he listened to this on a phone. Is that what he did? He had to call up and listen to it on a goddamn phone. Um, no, Jaden is uh, clearly not listening anymore. He went ahead and absconded or maybe he's, he's, you know what? What if he's, what if he was so impressed with me? He's just, he's so shy and embarrassed and He can't write me an email. Maybe he's thinking to himself, you know, I, maybe he's got the same issue I have. Aw uh, that guy's great. There's no way he'd want to work with me going forward. oh Jaden, come on, man, cheer up. I'm reaching out to you right now via the electronic uh, thing right here. I'm reaching into your ears and telling you, I absolutely want you to come to my house. Now, this gets weird. That, that, that's fucking strange. And by the way, also, I Ubered him, so our relationship is already kind of in a master and servant place, I think. You know what I mean? Like, he pushed a button and I did his bidding. That's kind of fucking weird, especially when he's like 22 and I'm 80,000 years fucking old. So now, if he offers to help me, do I have to go get him? Like, do I have to go pick him up at his house and then drive him to my house and then drive him back to his house? Because it's already been established firmly that I am his chauffeur. It's already been our, our hierarchy. Our relationship is already defined by the very fact that he snapped his fingers and I came and did what he fucking said to do. So whether he offers help or not at this point, uh, I'm pretty much the, I'm the, he's the, I'm servant. He's the master. As Depeche mode would say, let's play master and servant. Well, obviously clearly Jaden is the master. And unfortunately I'm the Camry driving servant. And I can't, you know what? Now that makes me think I don't even want to stream. I got to fucking abandon my whole Twitch idea. Cause if I'm a servant, nobody's going to watch me. Nobody wants to watch a servant lose at burger time. <laughs> uh, that made me laugh. All right. Um, so here I am. I'm in Cincinnati. I'm in a holler. We've edited once. You know, that momentum was gone for the show. I sat here and stared because I, uh, here's how my brain works. I'll tell you, I know you don't care about my, how my brain works. I spent a lot of time in year 10 telling you how my fucking brain works uh but when i had to stop down to edit in my head i went i want to scrap this whole fucking thing that whole first 30 minutes or whatever the fuck is null and void because i had to edit and just the magic is gone there's no way so i said her staring and then oh and then get this look i do enough avoidance of work but colette i because i know and i know what she's doing she's trying to be nice and help me so she comes into the kitchen she's like hey uh you know we uh we're not eating until like seven o'clock or eight o'clock do you are you hungry like do you want a snack and uh no, I want to do this fucking show. I want to get this out of the way. Unless you're going to make Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Then if you're going to do that, can go ahead. I'll choke a couple of those down. Certainly. I'll eat those on the goddamn air because that's deliciousness. That's deliciousness for your ears right there. If you hear me biting Cheddar Bay Biscuits, I bet you can taste them in your mouth. I bet you can. Uh, it's like if I were to tell you I was eating crab fries from uh, from Philadelphia from, uh, what is it, Whiskey Pete's or Pete Jones or whatever the fuck. Uh, those crab fries with the fucking Old Bay seasoning on them. Oh my God, dude. Old Bay seasoning is so good. I would put it on. I'd put it on anything. I would eat your arm if you put Old Bay seasoning on it. That seems aggressive. Um, all right, so what was I saying? Biscuits. Yeah, I want biscuits. So that, 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 I don't really want biscuits. No, because that's the thing. When you do this stuff, people don't think you're fucking serious. Like, you're like, oh my God, we got to totally make biscuits for Mike because I'm a nice guy and I'm in town just to do a show. Uh, so everybody wants me to come back to their city. So they go ahead and make sure that they make the biscuits that I make them make. <laughs> make, make, the, row, row, row your biscuits. Make me some biscuits, goddammit. Um, so Colette picked me up this morning and, uh, and that was, that was so that almost didn't fuck. All right, here's the thing. Um, I drove all last week. Like, I fr- and I fried my fucking head. Like, I mean, I was in the car uh, driving Jaden to and fro, driving other people here and there, hither and yon. Uh, I was actually in yon all fucking Sunday. It was not fun. I just because look, if you go to hither, that's one thing, but you go to yon, dude, yon is way the fuck out there. So I wound up in yon. And I was driving and driving and making money and doing this and that and, uh, and talking to people and, and engaging in conversations. And uh, here's something I never get tired of hearing, but at the same time, I'm completely tired of hearing, is everybody I drive going, hey, do you have a radio show? And I'm like, uh, you know, I don't. And they're like, uh, oh, man, you should. You should totally. Like I said, Jaden said I should have a show. Well, other people do, too. There was a woman I picked up, and she was hot. And uh, she had apparently brought her nipples along for the ride. That was fun. Uh, but I was picking her up from a, uh, she was at a bar. And it's it's so funny to see women trying to blow off guys and get the fuck out of there, but the guys don't want them to leave like that kind of deal. Uh, and I don't want to white knight it and get out of the car and just like put a boot in a guy's chest. But at the same time, I'll roll my window down eventually and just go, "Hey, uh, you yeah, know, we got a hustle here. We going." Um, because the guy like will you know, keep holding her hand or he's like, keep pulling her over for a hug or like 10 hugs. And you can see clearly the woman is uncomfortable by her body language. She wants to get the fuck out of there. And so I have to, like I said, roll down a window and be like, beep, beep, hey, Johnny Cab, man, let's go. You know, hustle, hop in. Uh, and then the guy, of course, gets sourpussed at me. He's so mad. But I mean, I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to save this woman from a fucking horrible mistake. So uh, I picked up this woman and I won't say her name, Tanya. And I picked her up outside this far. And uh, and but she was, uh, and she, I look, Part of me wonders if I would have been the one who was relentlessly hugging her and not letting her get into the Uber because she was very beautiful. Uh, But then finally I rolled the window down and this guy, you know, she got in the car. And uh, I gave her the speech about the heat and the air and all that stuff. And uh, she immediately said, do you have a radio show? And I said, I don't. She goes, you should have a radio show. I said, well, you should tell this town. And she just started laughing. And then from that point on, anything I said said. She would just start laughing. She goes, I can't believe I'm in a car with you. You sound like a radio. Like you don't, you shouldn't even be talking because you sound like a radio. Uh, and I said, wait a minute, that, that, hold on. You just said my voice is so good that I shouldn't be talking? Is that is that what I'm trying to understand here? And she said, "Ah, she's laughing. She goes, oh, and you're funny too. And I go, yeah, I am, I'm so funny. Uh, and you and your nipples are hilarious. All right, so, uh, but then I dropped her, and this is weird, I dropped her off at her house and she had me take her into an alley. And uh, she's like, yeah, go through here. And, and it was a really dark alley. And then I'm. I, that's just... Every time that happens, whether it's a beautiful woman who's very excited to be in my car or, uh, you know, four guys with tattoos on their eyebrows, I I think I'm getting rolled. I mean, I I just think I'm going to get fucking shibbed. So I have to be frosty. And, uh, you know, I I don't carry a stun gun anymore, as far as you know, if you're going to do anything bad in my car. Um but I guess I should have a weapon. And also, hey, Jeff, uh, listen to me. Now, this is this is how bad it's come. I don't answer emails anymore. I talk to you through the show. Uh, Jeff, you offered me a webcam once or a dash cam. And uh, yeah, I might take you up on that. So maybe I'll write you a note to say that instead of just throwing it out here on the show like a dick. Hey, Jeff, that thing you offered me two months ago, I think I want it. So go ahead and send it to me. What a jerk. Uh, but I, I dropped her off and she went into her house and I want, yeah, I always watch. I always tell women too. There's another thing like I'll, uh, I'll say, Hey, look, I'm going to watch to make sure you get in safe because I think you're being a nice person by doing that. Nine out of 10 times the woman is like, Oh, thank you. But then that 10th time, the woman thinks I'm creepily either doing it just to stare at her ass or I want to see her address or we we'll see what door she goes in or whatever. So I don't know. It's, it's like today, Colette and I went to breakfast and I said, uh, Hey, do you, uh, do you want to order your own food? Because I, as, as a nice person, as a gentleman or whatever the fuck, I don't know what the fuck you'd call it. Uh, I order, I order for women. I just think it's a nice thing to do. And and, uh, and I guess it's antiquated and wrong because I can't tell you how many times the women give me this look like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? I, I can order my own food. It's like, all right. Yeah. And I tried to get the doors at the fucking restaurant. Colette's getting the doors. I go, Colette, I can get the door. And she just opened them all. Didn't even look at me. Like there wasn't even a, a thing of, oh, okay. And, and so, because I will tell you this, I did it for Jill. Like I would get the doors and stuff like that. And uh, and it would kind of an, a, in the beginning, it was weird for her. And then she kind of assimilated to it. But now I wonder to myself, was that a wrong thing to do? Should I just let her open her own doors and, and get her own food and, and you know, whatever the... fuck? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to do. I mean, I, I was... I thought it was polite. I thought it was a polite thing to do to open doors. Like even with Lily, when I'll pick Lily up and she, go to put her in the car and I go to open the door, she goes, I can get the door. And I'm just like, Oh Jesus, fuck. I, all right, f- fine. I'll hide from all of you. Do your own thing. I won't even talk until spoken to Jesus Christ. You know what? I'm the lady now. I'm the lady. Go ahead. Do you get my door, get my fucking door. And then you drive me somewhere. Fuck. I'll darn my stockings and tut tut you while you drive me and talk about the stock market. Okay. Let's go to back to the fifties and let's fucking do that. Give me a fucking tomato as a pincushion and I'll just fucking do something. I'll sew something while you're fucking talking. Uh and you smoke a pipe and then I'll just bring you a, a gimlet or a fucking Rob Roy or a highball. These are all the those are my go to drinks. Um why am I talking? Why am I even still talking? I should have a mouthful of goddamn biscuits at this point. You would think that me dropping the hint about the biscuits would get Colette up and moving and making the motherfuckers, but no. She sits in her living room on her laptop ignoring me. Why would you invite me to do a show at your goddamn house? Cause she even said to me, she's like, Hey, do you want me to sit at the table and laugh? Or should I just sit in the living room? I go, you do whatever you want to do. Guess what she chose? In the living room on the laptop. Could not cause she was all gung ho. She's like, hey man, she'd totally come record a show at my house. I said, Great. She could not be further away from me. She you know, quite frankly, she's probably thinking, I wish I was out on that lawnmower driving around the yard and over on the roof because I wouldn't have to fucking deal with this idiot in my goddamn house uh she just she sat as far away as possible because i that the whole point of doing this i was like well it's nice to have somebody laugh or to have somebody else in the room there's a different kind of vibe or a different kind of energy she is so far away from me uh it's what's like when i had john and ken they were behind me and when i did zach he was across the room as well and he was on his computer too and when i was at the fearful jesuits compound he was behind a wall of monks uh (laughs) and i can come to your house and you can ignore me too if you want go ahead and throw that out there I know KC and Andre are like, hey, if you come to Wisconsin, we will totally watch you do a show. And I can't wait to do it there while they go out in their tool shed and ignore me. And they go ahead and cobble together some sort of fucking fence work. Hey, we had to do some iron grating work out there. When you're done, lock up. Jesus Christ. I'm tired of being disrespected folks. I'm staying in an Airbnb in this fucking town and I'm not going to say the woman's name, but, uh, I, you know, I didn't confirm, but I'm mean, not I confirmed when I paid and all that shit. But, uh, she wrote me a note today cause I, I even said to Colette, I go, I think I got to hustle over there and check in and whatever the fuck. And I just got a note from the chick. She's just like deadbolt on the door. Lock it. When you come and go a high mic would be nice. What the fuck? I gave you money to stay in your house. I gave you American cash to stay in your goddamn house. You can't say, hi, Mike. You can't say, hey, you might want to stop by for a a glass of tea. Maybe you say something like that. Maybe you reach out to me as a friend. Maybe we strike up a relationship. Maybe you and I are totally... uh, Maybe I drive you around. Maybe you drive me around. Because she's a lady. Maybe she scared me because I'm a dude. If you're a lady Airbnb-in and you're fucking... I just... Airbnb is just a bad idea overall. It's just such a fucking, I, cause I I actually thought of doing it. Like I told you, I think I mentioned that on another show after I went and did it. I'm like, well, you know, I got a one bedroom apartment. But I could rent out my fucking bedroom and then what sleep on a couch in the living room, which is not creepy at all. That's not weird. Someone comes in they sleep in my bed and they come out and see me in my underwear on my couch. Oh, that's fucking great. We, I'm glad we paid for this. Look at this exotic vacation. <laughs> and in my current state you could actually call that a whale watching expedition unfortunately as i'm all fat and sprawled out on my own goddamn fucking couch but that's changing folks that's gonna change god it he said surreptitiously uh not surreptitiously at all uh colette is picking me up at the airport today so i should tell you this what fucking happened i uh I drove last week, like I said, fried the fuck out of my brain. I mean, I was just, I was just crazy fried. I drove every day because I'm trying to stockpile money because I'm not driving for like the next 10 days. I'm gone. And uh, and you know me. I'm a cash-only operation. So when the IRS fucking poked their face into my business, it really it, it put a big crimp in what I'm doing. I mean, it, it took a huge chunk of my money away. And I still owe them like fucking 2500 And I still got to file 2017. Uh, but that's the way it works. You know, folks, if you put your taxes off for three years, eventually the bill comes due. And you got to pay the fucking check. hi it's your uncle bingo time to pay the check if anybody can tell me what movie that's from i will give you nothing because you can google everything in this fucking day and age there's no point in having any contests uh hey Vinny, it's your uncle bingo time to pay the check i love that line i still say time to pay the check all the time because of this movie because of this character because of Vinny and his uncle bingo uh that was not the name of the movie it was Vinny and his uncle bingo long traveling all-stars and motor kings that's the name of the film uh, so I drove all last week and I was in the car to and fro, as I mentioned, and uh, taking people here and there. And then uh, I was like, all right, you know, I'm leaving Tuesday. I should go ahead and get a handle on my trip. And I, on Saturday, I glanced to figure out exactly what time I was leaving because I had to plan everything. Because again, I was in the car. This is no joke for every day, Monday through Sunday. And I, I had Monday. So I was like, all right, well, next Monday I'll fucking do my laundry because I skipped my laundry. I didn't do fucking anything, man. So I said, Monday, I that's the day to fucking catch up. That's my, that's my put everything in order day and get out of town. So I looked on Saturday and it turns out I'm leaving Tuesday morning at 610. So I'm like, all right, that's fantastic. I can leave Tuesday morning at 610. I can probably still get five hours of sleep that night. I can do laundry. I can run. I got to get a haircut. I got to get a pedicure. Yes, shut up. I get pedicures. I'm I'm here. I'm in town to do a fucking weird race and I got a thing happening. I, I get kind of a, I'll spare you, but I have sort of an ingrown situation happening. Uh, and so that, that needs to be taken care of before I hit the fucking uh, track, because every time I walk, it feels like I'm stepping on a tack on uh, on my big toe on my left foot. Uh, just, you know, what? ask, uh, Daniel Christie, he'll tell you, don't, don't trifle with your left foot. Bad things happen. You, you, you fail in, in fucking Spartan sprints and you make bad paintings. That's what happens if you ignore your left foot. Uh, so I, I glanced at that. I was fine. So I went ahead and rampage. And then, uh, Sunday I had to record a podcast with my good friends, uh, Pat Francis and Kyle Dodson as they had the rock solid podcast. And we wound up talking about all sorts of different things. He's like, Hey man, come on over. We'll talk about the guns and roses appetite for destruction album. And I think half the show is about kiss because you cannot put Pat and I in a room ever without us talking about kiss for fucking 20 minutes. Uh, but that happened. So embrace yourselves, but it's funny. And I will tell you this on that podcast, Pat says one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. It fucking, it made both Kyle and I genuinely laugh for like 15 seconds. It was fucking great. Uh, I won't spoil it, but it was really good. um, And I think that comes out in a month. I I don't understand these people. Like literally, you know me, I'm gripping Wednesday night at three in the fucking morning to get a show out by Thursday for you fucking guys. And sometimes I even miss that fucking deadline. These guys are stockpiling shows. They're just breezily talking about the Atlanta rhythm section for hours and hours and (laughs) loading it up for fucking later consumption. Hey, they've got a million friends who want to come over and talk a million bands. Hey, let's talk about Johnny Marr for 40 minutes and just put that in the pipeline. You'll be getting that soon enough. Meanwhile, like I said, I can barely get the fucking computer open to talk to you guys half the fucking time because of my own fucking weird, tortured brain. But that's changed. And that all changed on Sunday. And I'll explain that coming up. But as I mentioned, Sunday, I went to do a podcast and uh, and uh, I had to eat something. So I ran across the street to Lemonade. And uh, here's what I got, folks. I got a poke bowl. Now, uh, lemonade. When they first started doing poke bowls, if you don't know, if you don't know what poke is, first of all, come to California because they fucking hand it to you when you walk off the goddamn plane. Every street corner has a poke shop now. What the fuck, man? There's not enough fish in the ocean to make this fucking business survive. It's bad enough we're killing them to eat sushi. Now you to a it literally all poke is is someone looked at sushi and went. I want this chopped into squares like that's all they fucking did like this piece is too big for me to put in my goddamn mouth so they chop it into squares they mix it up with some ginger and some coconut and they put it on top of some rice and they call it poke bowls get the fuck out of here just give me a fucking you know what make me a trout or make me some sushi don't you don't have to dice it up in some I don't care about your knife work fucking franchisee there's no reason for you to lure me in with your poke nonsense and then like I said if you got a poke shop that's fine because that means you got five Japanese, Japanese Japanese dudes out there fucking with their lines in the water and they're pulling in fresh fish for you and you're making poke good for you. But if you're lemonade and you've got poke literally two feet away from the whiskey miso short rib, I mean, you you don't specialize in poke. Quit trying to gravy train under the fucking poke boat. That's not fucking. That's a lot of modes of transportation. in That sentence. Don't gravy train on the poke boat. Uh, you know, because I, you're just, you're just feeding me something. You're not a specialist, but I'll tell you this. I ordered it and that's, it's on me. I can't fucking bitch at lemonade. They got poke bowls and I fucking ordered one. Cause I'm dumb. You know, that's the kind of shit I used to do when I go to a steakhouse with my ex-wife and she'd be like, I'm going to get chicken. And I'd be like, I'm leaving, not just the restaurant. You, I'm leaving you. If you're going to order chicken at a goddamn steakhouse, I want nothing to do with you. She also liked well done steaks. Uh, not really. She liked a medium, like, but heavy Medium. And uh and you're a barbarian at that point. And uh, you know I'm just gonna have to. And, and I look. I don't want to cast aspersions. I stole enough of that woman's life. I don't want to fucking. So now the people are gonna go up to her in the street and go, "Thank God you escaped, Mike." But you like well done steaks. You know, what I mean that, that's not good. Let's not add another level of controversy to her life. Let her live her life. Let her do her thing. Someone asked me the other day when I was driving, they're like, "Are you married?" I said, "I'm not." I said, "I used to be," and they go, "Oh, you're married." I go, "Yeah, I was married for 20 years." And then they they look at me because this is another thing I get in addition to because uh, look. Uber has just become a portable compliment house. That's all it is, is because not only do people look at me and go, hey, you should have a radio show. And I'm like, yeah, I should, except I'm a failure who drives you around. Fuck. Uh, But then they also go, when they say I was married 20 years, they're like, how were you married? Did you get married when you were 10? Like, how old are you? And then I'll say, I'm 50 years old. And they're like, turn the light on. And that's that's not even a joke. That's happened more often than not. People go, turn that light on. I'm like, what? And they make me turn on my, my light, my dome light, so they can look at me. And they're like, you don't, uh, you're not 50 years old. I go, I am. I, Cause I, it'll usually start with a song and, they'll, I'll, and so I'll say, yeah, I'm a million years older than you. So I listen to this stuff and they're just like, you're not older than me. And I'm like, I am, I promise. And then and I'll say I'm 50. And then it's, you know, they want to stop the car and get out. Cause they think I'm a fucking weird ghost. Uh, but then they, they'll do that they'll turn the dome light on and like I'm not telling you this would be like fucking compliment Jones who gives a fuck nobody cares I'm still 50 whether I look at it or not all the fucking time and also when you're a crazy fat dude you're all preserved in Crisco and shit like that so wrinkles don't show up because you've filled every crevice of a possible wrinkle with some sort of fat cell so it smooths your goddamn face out and you look like a giant infant we talked about that fat people look like giant babies now we talked earlier in the show about eating babies do not eat fat people thinking they're giant babies because you still got to crush that salt fucking body oh it's brutal um but yeah, fat people look like giant infants. So that I, maybe that's why I have the goatee, so I don't go full infant. But I shaved it off last year for my fiftieth birthday. But I but I will. But people were like, "Wow, oh my god, you look so much younger without it." Uh, but then, like, I was dating Randy at the time, and even she was just like, uh, um, "She liked it better when I grew it." I could tell. I just I knew it. It was so weird. So then you get in your own head. You are like, "Boy, I was look awful with the thing." I, I'm a fucking weirdo, dude. I don't even fucking know. I can't tell you what happens. Uh, However, all my passengers think I'm so young and I should be on the radio. So that's good news. So hopefully sometime I'll run into somebody. Because I I ran into a casting woman the other day and she was really nice to me. But she, of course, those aren't the people who are impressed at all with my voice or anything else. It's normal people who are like, hey, you don't look like you're 50 and you should be on the radio. And then the business people get in there and it's like, take me and shut up. So, uh, so I drove and like I said, I had to go record on Sunday. And then after that, uh, after the, because I still needed to catch a bonus and all sorts of stuff, uh, after I, I did the podcast, Oh, Oh fuck. I didn't even finish the poke bowl. I bought the fucking poke bowl over there and I brought it over. Now here's the thing. Poke bowl is like cold fish on top of hot brown rice, right? Sounds good. Well, we had to record a show. So I shoveled like two spoonfuls of it in my mouth and then I put the lid on it. And then we did an hour and a half show and I opened it up. Dude, this poke bowl was cat food. That's all it was because it cooked within its own steam. Like the the fucking brown rice cooked the fish. And then I tried to kind of chop it up with the seaweed and the ginger. But it just, I just, it just became canned tuna at that point. There was no... Je ne sais quoi. I don't know what the fuck you would say. There was no, there was no personality left of the fish. It was just a pile of fucking ocean. And it was so bad. And then, but I still had to choke down because I'd paid 13 bucks for the fucking thing. And I hadn't eaten all day because this is the thing. uh, Sunday... Well, I'll get into that in a minute. But there was a reason I had to eat a poke bowl. There was a reason I ate something. Um, And there was also a reason I was fucking starving by the end of the show. And I'll explain all that in a second. But I, I, so I had to choke down this poke bowl. And I would tell you this, you know, they also changed their poke bowls. Like lemonade, their first poke bowls, they had like this coconut... Uh, kind of a Thai coconut one and I tried that once and it was fucking delicious. Even if it, they shouldn't be making them, it was done really well and it was really good. And then Lemonade closed and they introduced their whole new poke menu and there's no coconut fucking broth to be found. It's just this, I got the salmon one or whatever the fuck and it's just, it's it was nonsense. Just don't make poke. No, Nobody should make poke. Make me sushi. And if you're an adult, eat sushi, don't eat poke. Uh, Don't eat either of those things. Anything that ends in a vowel, don't eat it. Really, that just sounds bad. Don't eat rigatoni. Don't eat macaroni. Don't eat any of that stuff. All pastas are banned. Uh, pasta and any sort of fish that ends in, a, any fish dish that ends in an I or an U. a U. Don't drink ponzu. All right, shut up. So <laughs> now it's just like, I'm just calling and responding to my own self, thinking of things that ends with fucking vowels. What an idiot. Uh, all right, so folks. So I go and I fucking walk across the street. I get that poke bowl. We record. And then I have to eat this bowl of cat food when we're done. I'm just shoving it in my goddamn throat. And then I have to drive Sunday night. And that's when I meet our friend Jaden. I think I told you all about him earlier. Uh, I drive until about 1.30 in the morning on Sunday and I'm done. And I head home and uh, I'm like, all right, good. You know what? I may drive on Monday to try to make some extra cash. Uh, but really, I should take Monday to get a lot of stuff done because I'm going out of town for 10 fucking days. So Monday, at least I got that day to fucking clear everything up. So uh, Monday happens. I get to bed around. Uh, and again, because I, I have to start getting eight hours of sleep and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, but I did the best I could because I drove late and I had to be in the gym with John at 10. So I wound up getting to bed at two thirty, and I, and I still woke up at nine 15. Uh, and I, you know, I, I got ready to go to the gym on Monday. I went to the gym with John and we worked, we lifted till 1115 and then I left there. And then I had to get into the shower real quick cause I had Shannon at noon. And then she had to tell me how wrong I was for talking Jaden out of being my friend. Uh, and that turned out to be fine, you know, because I like Shannon and uh, Shannon is doing wonders for me, folks. We get a, let's, let's start to go fund me for Shannon just for putting up for me for with me for five goddamn years. Um, <clears throat> Shannon and I have been together long. She's married now and stuff. It's weird. I've seen her grow up. I've seen, you know, I've seen her grow up before my very eyes. I've seen her become blossom into the therapist that she is now as she gets me done, vomit, all sorts of nonsense all over every goddamn Monday. Uh, I'm sorry she hasn't quit the business. I made one therapist quit the business. Go ahead and buy your one. Um, so sure enough, I, uh, I wind up going to see Shannon at noon and, uh, she's always good about giving me an extra two or three minutes of a session. So we get done at like twelve fifty three, and I have a haircut appointment at one. So I get to hustle across town and go to get my haircut. So I pop in there and I get the buzz cut happening with this girl, Debbie, who, uh, you know, when I had Natalie cutting my hair for a very long time, Natalie was great. Like no matter what Natalie did to my hair, she'd charge me 20 bucks. Uh, because there's a buzz cut. It's like, it was 19 bucks at the time. So she'd always be like 19 bucks. even if she trimmed my hair, whatever the fuck she did. Cause she cut my hair for six or seven years and we became friends. Well, Debbie's cut my hair for eh, about half a year now. And, uh, she's still charging me 31 bucks for like a fucking haircut. And I'm like, uh, you know, I understand you got a business to run and a kid to feed. But I'm the fucking talent, man. If I'm coming over here and I'm actually committed to you as my therapist, meet me half fucking way, you know, because again, most of my hair is a buzz cut. You're cutting around the back and the sides and you're just, it's just buzz gone finished. And if I ask you to trim the top, that's fine. But then this time she's like, should I trim the top? And I'm, I'm serious. Like I know my money for this next 10 days. And I was like, nah, that's okay. Cause I knew she'd charge me fucking $31. Uh, by the way, that's $26, the $5 tip. Um, so she'd charged me 26. So instead I was like, nah, just do the buzz. That's fine. And she's like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I fucking need that five bucks. Cause I know you're going to fucking charge me for it. So sure enough, she just buzzed me out and I went to walk and she did. She charged me $21 for the buzz cut. Uh, I made my way out of there and then I had to stop real quick at the store. And then I, I made my way home and I got home and I was like, you know what? <sighs> Time to exhale. I've been on the run. I've been to the gym. I've been to a haircut. I've been, on doing all this. I've got to get some clothes done. I got to throw some laundry in. Um, I got to figure out a plan of attack. So I sat down and I started to read the internet a little bit, caught up in some basketball stuff. I don't know if you guys heard LeBron James signed with the LA Lakers. Uh, and that was big news, certainly on Sunday and then on Monday. Uh, and here's the best part of it. LeBron James signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. And then the Los Angeles Lakers signed a bunch of slobs who won't play well with LeBron James. I don't know what they were thinking. I They literally, you know what they did? They signed the, uh, you ever see Space Jam? When it's like Michael Jordan and the Warner Brothers characters and they have to play a bunch of monsters... They literally signed LeBron James and then the Monsters from the other team. That's what they have. It's like they did this weird Space Jam amalgam where they signed the star from the fucking Looney Tunes team and then they signed all the Monsters to troll other teams. Like they signed Lance Stevenson. Like literally, you know what it is when the Lakers get introduced next year? It's going to be like the final game in Slapshot when they brought back all the fucking guys who were in jail. That's what it's going to be like. The Lakers are going to introduce LeBron and he's the first guy. And then Ogie Oglethorpe is going to run out and elbow Draymond Green in the face. What the fuck are the Lakers thinking? How dare you? How dare you fucking sign LeBron James and he gave him three years? That's the fucking crazy part. He gave them three years of the uh, fourth year option, so he's not going anywhere. It's not like when this fucking experiment fails next year, he can bail. He's locked in for three years. And I understand it's the twilight of his career and he wants to end it in the sunshine and his media companies and whatever the fuck and his kid wants to go to school there. That's great. But when you take a look in that locker room and you see that they've signed these fucking decrees decrepit monsters how the fuck are you gonna play the game they signed lance stevenson fuck you they signed fucking rajon rondo now look i like playoff rondo and i like rondo because he's a yapping idiot but he's just he's just a dick they, they, they signed a bunch of jagoffs like it's like they think that they're gonna get on the court the warrior's gonna be out there again ready to play a fucking clean game and then Ogie ogletorp is gonna come out for the tip off and elbow fucking somebody in the face you gotta be kidding me man Jesus Christ. Next year's Warriors game is going to end with Steph Curry just running laps around the court stripping naked and just while the fucking the band plays the stripper music. That's what's going it's going to be the fucking end of slap shot, man. How dare you sign these idiots? Lance Stevens and McGee? Are you fucking kidding me? What are you doing? LeBron and they always excuse I'm sorry, I'm babbling. but they always excuse LeBron. Like he built the Cavaliers and they're like and they always try to make excuses for him after he leaves. They're like, well, there was nobody there for him to play with. He made them sign these fucking guys. He made them give Tristan Thompson a fucking massive deal. He made them keep J.R. Smith because, he, you know what? They won one title and he decided, well, let's fucking reward everybody and let's try to do it again. Not realizing that if Draymond Green doesn't kick a guy in the nuts, they don't even win that fucking title. Jesus Christ. Now, look. They were down 3-1, they came back and they won 4-3, and they won a Game 7 on Golden State's court, and that chase down block is one of the top five NBA plays of all fucking time. Clearly, no doubt. And he's earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants. Unfortunately, when you turn your team over to him, you it just you, he fucks it up in such a way, because he had to sign off on these fucking uh, acquisitions. There's no way, I mean, look, I know Magic Johnson is dumb. I, I love Magic Johnson, he's fantastic, he's an amazing ba- a, a entrepreneur, basketball player, but he's just when it comes to basketball these guys are all their thoughts are just locked back in 30 years ago it's like you know jordan does the same thing with the fucking charlotte team they just bring in these guys and they've re- refused to see that the game is changing and it's moving forward so the fucking lakers next year i don't even know i don't know what the fuck they were thinking like fans when they signed lebron the fans went crazy there they had to go crazy and then also within fucking an hour they're like yeah they signed uh, kendrick uh, uh, they signed a Kendall carter pope i don't know some fucking some they signed two hyphens get the fuck out of here with your hyphens they signed fucking Lance stevens and jvel and a bunch Rajon Rondo and a bunch of hyphens and that's they're going to surround LeBron with next year and then the fucking Warriors here's my favorite part I'm in Burbank Airport yesterday to fly and I'll get to that in just a second uh, but I'm sitting there and uh my I, I go on Twitter and it literally Adrian Wojnarowski ESPN. It, it comes across it said 30 seconds of the top tweet on my thing and it said the Golden State Warriors have a deal with DeMarcus Cousins if for for the one year exception. And I I mean, I'm alone in an airport. I'm by myself with just my luggage and surrounded by strangers. And I just go, Oh oh, oh, no. And people kind of look at me and I'm looking at my phone and I go, I just stand up. I stand up at the airport. I go, are you basketball fans? Who are, who are basketball fans? And And one guy goes like LeBron. And everybody's like, yeah, I go, the warriors just signed boogie cousins. And there was this silence. This fucking pall of death that fell over gate A2 of the Southwest terminal in Burbank airport. And this one dude, this is a quiet voice next to me. An Indian guy just goes, what are you saying? And I go, the fucking warriors just signed Boogie Cousins. And he goes, they don't, they don't have the cap room. I go, they gave him one year, $5 million. Actually, no, I said one year, 3.5. Cause I had fucking temporary dyslexia from seeing that they had signed him. And I switched the numbers on the figures. And there's just this murmur and everybody grabs their phones. Everybody takes them out and looks and the guy the Indian guy just goes I, I do not I don't believe it. And this guy goes, "Well, we signed LeBron and everybody goes, it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter now." Like there all of a sudden the attitude changed. Everybody was so fucking sad, but I literally leaped to my feet. I'm like, "Oh, no. Who's basketball fans? Anybody? I have to share this. Uh, the Warriors just signed Boogie Cousins." And just the the look. You you, would, you I could have said the pilot has food poisoning and it wouldn't have been that you would not have get as strong a stronger reaction. I could have said this, this plane will fly on only one engine and nobody would have batted an eye. But I said the warrior signed to Boogie Cousins and it looked like I had just, I, they were shocked. I had just torn out their hearts. It was gorgeous. So I figured yesterday I would sit down and read some internet and I did this pre-Boogie. Okay. I'm in my house. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon, right? and uh, I go, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and read some sports. I'm going to catch up on some stuff because I like to read the comment boards because uh, there's one particular message board I go to where there's these two Laker fans who for literally a year... Have been telling us that LeBron was going to come, and then when he did, Paul George is going to come, and then they were going to get another superstar, and they were going to fucking turn it around and dominate the Warriors, and they were going to be amazing. But they, but even funnier on that board, there's a Warriors fan who's a jagoff. He speaks only in emojis and fuck yous. Like he's literally like, ah, your tears taste delicious. Our league bums. Like he's that guy, right? He's a he's a professional comment board guy. So but the best thing about him, he loves the Warriors. You know what he hates as much as he loves the Warriors? Boogie Cousins, like he hates Boogie Cousins because the Laker fans are always like, "We're going to sign Paul George and Boogie Cousins and LeBron," and he's like, "Boogie Cousins has empty stats. He's a slob. You don't want him on your team." So I was like, "I cannot wait to go read about the Lakers and LeBron." And then later on, last night is when I had to go read about the fucking when they signed Boogie Cousins. The first thing I thought it was the comment board guy just going trying to defend how much he hates Boogie Cousins and he loves the fucking Warriors. This is a lot of babbling. I got to slow down. So uh, I'm in my house at three o'clock yesterday afternoon, which is Monday. And, uh, I'm taking care of some business. I'm on the internet I'm looking and in my head. I go, you know what? I better get a fucking schedule here. So I know like how much sleep I can get what I'm doing. So I go to Southwest to check the app. Cause I know I'm leaving. Like I said, I'm leaving at six, 10 in the morning, but I want to see, cause I have to tell Colette what time I'm coming into Cincinnati. Uh, and I just, I, so I go and I check the flights and I sign in and it comes up and it says, uh, your, your trips. And my next scheduled trip was at 6, 10 PM Monday night. Flying to Las Vegas, and I—I uh, I think they're still cleaning up the glass from my desk shattering as my jaw hit it in my apartment. It is—I'm not kidding. It is ten after three yesterday afternoon. I'm and I just got home from a you know a haircut. Running errands, doing whatever the fuck, and I know I'm leaving the next. One. I I look. 6, 10 PM, I'm flying from Chicago, from, uh, from Burbank to Vegas. And then at eight 30, I'm flying from Vegas to Chicago. All right. I'm flying in three hours and not even I'm let's put it this way. I'm flying in three hours, which doesn't mean I have three hours. Okay. Uh, I have to be at the airport, you know, at least an hour before the flight. So I have two hours to, to, to do everything, to do everything in the fucking world, to fucking, to do laundry, to pack for 10 days, to pack. I mean, dudes, I, what happened was I glanced Saturday and I forgot when I did book this trip because it's the 4th of July week. So I remember I planned it with Colette. Of course, all that comes flooding back in an instant. uh, But I, I planned the trip to where I would leave Monday night and then I would kill some time in the airport and get into town early Tuesday morning. Uh, because the difference in price, literally, it was like from Burbank to Chicago was like 130 bucks. And then from Chicago to Cleveland was 80 bucks. Whereas from Burbank to Cincinnati on Tuesday was 275 bucks. So I was saving, you know, hours and money and I, and all of that's fine. Look, I, I'm an experienced traveler. All of that is good to do. However, when you drive seven days in a row and you keep your head in a fucking fog, maybe you should pay more attention to the AM and the PM when you glance on Saturday at what time you're fucking flying. Uh, Because I thought I had all day Monday to just fucking veg out. I'm like, all right, here's my relaxed day. Here's the day I'm going to fucking do laundry. I'm going to pack. I got to bring in my my recycling. I got to, you know, all this to clean my apartment, whatever the fuck. And I said, no, I'm sitting there. And, uh. It's like it's, it's like in a movie when they do the Hitchcock hallway and they pull away from a guy like whoo, and he's like he disappears in the distance because now I realize, oh, my God, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. So I spend the next 10 minutes trying to figure out if I can switch the flight. Now, the cheapest thing I could have switch to was a flight for five hundred and eighty five dollars. Uh, and that was just to get me to Chicago, by the way. That wasn't even going to get me to fucking Cincinnati. And then I started looking at other airlines. I spent 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then I went, dude, you, you're not going to do it. You're not. It's 4th of July. You're dead. You're fucking dead. You got to do this now. So I got up. I had to put a load of clothes in the washer right away. I had to fucking, I had to pack a bag. I had to, and I, luckily I'd already showered and got my fucking haircut, but the pedicure's out now. I've got to, I, my, my girl is not going to be able to leave a pedicure. So I'm going to be stepping on attack the whole time. I've been fucking here in the holler in Cincinnati. Uh, and so I, I, I became, look, I was Bruce Lee. I was, I became like water. I mean, I just did everything I could as quickly as I possibly could. I had to run and put in my recycling. I, cause I had to pay my rent. I had to pay my rent check. I had to deposit money from my one bank from my business account into my regular account. I had to just go do all these things in two hours, dudes. I had to pack a bag for 10 days. And I, I also, I overcompensated clearly. I, like I told Colette, I go try to lift my bag. Cause there's no way you can. Cause I swear to God, I think I packed 15 shirts. I don't know. I have no idea why. I've, I've got 80 pairs of, of socks and like underwear. Cause usually I'll overpack underwear and socks just in case something ridiculous happens. Uh, but, but still I've got, I've got to have 30 pairs of socks, all these fuck, all this underwear, I have 15 shirts. Who the fuck needs 15 shirts? And then I'm fucking hustling. I'm packing. I'm doing this and that. And then I get it all fucking packed. And, and look, I'm a good packer. I'm not bad. I'm I'm fucking Not bad. I'm good. I'm great. And I do it quickly. I get it. And then, but then I gotta get all my vitamins for the fucking week. All the dude. Little things. I'm like, all right, well, I got to There's liquid, but I can't bring this. I, Dude, I I didn't get any shampoo. I didn't get to pack any conditioner. I didn't get to pack any mouthwash. So I got to go fucking here and buy that. I think they got somewhere in the holler, perhaps some hillbilly. I can go to his garage and negotiate. I'll trade some pelts and get myself some fucking scope. Dude, you don't ever want to be in a position where you're trading pelts for scope. Keep track of your flights so you don't have to trade pelts for scope, please. Uh, But I hustled. I went and did my, I did, and I did everything and I packed. Oh, but but so here's the thing. I packed the whole bag, my whole suitcase, and I got it squared away. And then I put my computer in its bag and I'm getting that squared away. And then right in front of me is my microphone. Uh, It's just staring right at me and it goes in my suitcase. So now I have to unpack the bag that I've so amazingly packed. And by the way, I packed that bag twice. Still didn't whittle down from 15 shirts and 30 pairs of socks. I still thought that was a good idea the second time I packed the bag. Uh, I wrapped my microphone up in some fucking boxer briefs. I threw that in the bottom and I, was, I, I just got squared away. Uh, and, and then I had to close all the windows. It just, it's, nobody wants to fucking run out the door. Because then you spend 10 days thinking you left the fucking stove on, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. So who knows, my apartment complex could blow up. I got no idea, but I locked all the doors. I did everything I could. And uh and I but I did not get to shave. I look like fucking hell. Uh but thankfully I had a haircut so I mean I was looking trim and whatever the fuck. Um are you are you leaving? What's happening? All right. So uh I don't I'm know what's happening. Can open the door. Oh, Doug's here. Doug's home. Oh, no. And I'm talking in his house. Dude, Doug doesn't want me here and he doesn't want me fucking yelling in his kitchen. Jesus Christ, this is really bad news all of a sudden. Colette was sneaking off. I apologize, folks, and it distracted me. As far away as she is from me, uh, I, was, I found myself distracted by her tiptoeing out, you know, 40 miles away from me and out the goddamn door. Uh, but now Doug's here. This, oh, the whole fucking show is going to have to change with Doug in the house, right? I can't fucking. Or maybe I talk about Doug more. Maybe I go ahead and let Doug have it. What if I roast Doug? That'd be fucking terrible. The guy fucking hates me. He's already baking me a fucking steak. Oh, don't bake me a steak. Make me a steak. Grill me a steak. Alright, so. So, dudes, yeah, I fucking looked at the clock wrong. And so I had fucking two hours to pack and get out the fucking door. What a mess. What a goddamn mess. And then, you know, you're you're foggy the whole fucking time. I get the Burbank, like I said, I open the phone and I see the thing about Boogie. And then I get on the plane and uh You know, I got to take the flight to Vegas, which is fine, which was not full. There was nobody next to me at that point. Hi, Doug. Uh, he just walked into the kitchen and he gave me, he gave me like a silent, uh, mouthing of a high. Uh, and I, but he hates me. There's no, there's no way he can want me in his fucking house. There's no way. Uh, but by the way, I like, I'd like uh, steak medium rare. All right. So anyway, I don't, how terrible is that? The guy comes in, I give him a fucking food order. The guy's been working all day, comes on and sees an interloper in his goddamn house. My imprint, my fucking imprint is still dug into his couch. That guy doesn't want to fucking talk to me. He looks over at the couch. There's still a podcaster sized divot in the fucking couch right there. And now I'm so, I'm shouting in his fucking kitchen. This is just a mess. Everything just broke bad when Doug showed up. Uh, this guy worked a real job. And look, I had a fucking tough night too, sleeping on planes. But I don't want to equate it with what Doug does because Doug actually made real cash doing that fucking thing. Uh, all right, so here's the deal I fucking fly yesterday. So I got a flight to Vegas. Uh, and then, dude, I, you know, I like the Vegas airport, but I mean, I, I landed in B and had to walk to C. And I got fucking luggage and I'm all fucking tired and I'm foggy and all that shit. And it's only 830 at night. I know I shouldn't have been that tired. But still, once you pack and you get to the airport, your body goes into this weird downshift because you know you're going to be on planes. So you're not really paying attention to the world anymore. Your whole life takes place at 30,000 feet. So you just throttle down accordingly. So I, uh, I get to Vegas and I walk to the other terminal, which is like a, my, my phone said it was a mile and a half. Oh, by the way, I should tell you this. Um, well, this will do. This will go in with what I was going to tell you about later about my Fitbit. Remind me to tell you about my Fitbit later. By the way, you can't remind me. You're not here. All right. So Jesus Christ. Hey, remind me to talk about my Fitbit later. People out there listening to this three days from now, what are you going to do? Text me. Hey, Mike, talk about your Fitbit. Fuck. Uh, I'm swearing. I apologize, Doug. I know there's you don't like that kind of language in your house, and I totally understand it. Uh, that's awful. Poor Doug. He's just come here. He's just he's worked a tough day. Uh, although uh, he's got and he's wearing the outfit of the American worker. He's got the khakis on. He's looking good. Uh, and he walks in and I'm in shorts and unshaven and just shouting into a fucking microphone by his chafing dishes. He's so angry right now and I don't blame him. Uh, what if he, what if he engaged me in a physical altercation? What if he just grabbed me and tried to drag me out? What if we had a tussle right here on the air? Uh, I've never been physically ejected from my own show before. That might be a thing to think about. Doug, you're a stone's throw away. Come over here. If you want to go ahead and get some, uh, why didn't I just challenge a man to a fight in his own kitchen? He's cooking me a steak in like an hour. He's gonna be, you know. And by the way, if you want to make the biscuits now, go right ahead, Doug. That's, I'm not gonna get in your way. Uh, I don't know if, what, if he, what if he did. What if he literally prepped in the kitchen? Because I'm in the kitchen, and I'm on, like I said, the most rickety fucking. Uh, nobody has a good chair for me when I go to their house. Everybody's got some fucking chair that I have to hover over, or I'm gonna turn it into fucking firewood and kindling. Uh, I know I talked about that earlier, but still, it's it's heavy on my mind as my hamstrings are strained as I'm just hovering above this goddamn chair. Doug is making biscuits. He's gonna shave some Brussels sprouts with a mandolin, and I'm gonna. You'll hear it if you start hearing. <laughs> That's Doug on the mandolin. He's shaving me some Brussels sprouts. He's making a nice Brussels sprout salad. It's summer, folks. You can do that. Take a Brussels sprout out, shave it, put a little balsamic on it. Or if you're going to cook it, you know what? You can throw a little balsamic in there with some bacon. Make a good... These are all good ideas for you, Doug. You go ahead and get cracking. Um... Now, she said he was making me steaks, but I don't even know if he's going to do it on a grill. What if he made steaks indoors? Oh, man, nobody wants an indoor steak in the summer. Doug, don't fuck me up with an indoor steak. Jesus Christ, man. You come home from work all day and you're going to fucking bust out a frying pan and make me a goddamn indoor steak? You know the smoke that's going to get into this goddamn house? Go outside and light the grill like a man. Be a man, Doug. The fuck do you think you are? Jesus Christ. Make me some biscuits and some steaks and be a goddamn man. Uh, he's literally here. I, you think I'm joking. Like he's, you think he's not here. This dude is two feet away from me and just looking for chef's knives to plunge into my fucking neck. Cause he's like, I don't know who this motherfucker thinks he is, but he is not going to talk that way to me while I'm wearing my work khakis. goddammit. it. This is, you know what? This is my weekend clothes talk. You want to talk shit to me? Wait till I go ahead and throw in some fucking clam diggers and then you can talk a bunch of yang. But while I'm wearing my work clothes, you will show me respect. Motherfucker. I'm Doug. God damn it. I'm Doug. Doug, I'm trying to spare your real name from the listeners. Don't you understand, sir? Uh, He literally just said his real name and you may have heard that. Do I have to? Oh, no. What if I have to edit again? It's another name that shouldn't have been in this goddamn broadcast. Oh, fuck. Uh, And the weird thing is Doug's real name is the same name as the name that I said before from somebody else. It's not really. That's a joke. Uh, Finally, a joke. An hour and 15 minutes in. Finally, the dude busts out a joke. Instead of bitching about a chair for fucking forty five minutes. All right, so here's the thing: Doug's here cooking, and now this show just got weird. But uh, so I flew, I flew to Vegas, as I mentioned. I had to go and uh, get there, and uh, see now. Now I'm wondering about the dynamic of this. Colette has listened to the show from the beginning, like literally, like from year one, right? Colette. Okay, so year. Oh, she's gonna nod. Oh, she's gonna do that thing and pretend she's not here. Uh, All right, so yeah, so she's been listening since year one, but uh, but you and she's been married to Doug for ten years, so that means. We both kind of came into her life at the same exact time. So, I mean, when you really think about it, both of us changed her life. Really, when you think about it, in concert, Doug and I, so you know what? Doug's no longer the enemy. Doug and I are partners. We are the guys who actually dragged Colette out of the gutter and changed her life and turned her around for the better. Because things were awful for Colette before we showed up. Holy Christ, you have no idea. She lived in the holler, but not in a house. She actually crouched like a hobbit in the ditch back there. And fucking finally, when Doug was out mowing the lawn one day, he saw her and he just lined up a bunch of steaks all the way to the house and she ate them and fucking made her way inside. Actually, you know, bullshit. It wasn't steaks. He literally had a line of Cheerios. And this is still the same box. This box of Cheerios sitting here on the countertop, this is the one that 10 years ago lured her in. And, and they keep it as a memento of their fucking relationship. This is what led Hobbit Colette to finally come in out of the holler and come into the house like a grown up human and finally allow Doug to go ahead and shave her and turn her into a lady. And he fucking just, he lined up all the Cheerios and she ate them one at a time. And then he caught her under a box with a stick and then he trained her. He fucking Eliza Doolittle, the shit out of her. And here she is now fucking with the old dyed blonde hair and red streaks and looking like all fucking crazy. Uh, she wrote me that today. She picked me up at the airport. Cause I was like, uh, I go, Hey, I'm here. And she goes, this is another thing. She's like, Hey, I live 10 minutes from the airport. So just text me when you land. So I texted when I landed, she got her in like 45 minutes. I don't, I don't know if you walked, I don't know what the fuck happened, but you told me you'd be here in 10 minutes. I don't care. Do your thing. But then she texts me and she's like, I'm i I'm the uh, woman with blonde and pink hair in a red SUV. And I'm like, well, look, this is the Bible belt. You're going to have to be more specific than that. I've got to assume that there's going to be a million women with starburst hair driving red SUVs out there I'm going to have to go ahead and wade through all of them just to find my way into your RAV4. Uh, But luckily, I was able to pick her out. You know, like I said, 45 minutes after she was late. Um, She wasn't really late. Nobody has to come get me. Nobody really has to be here for me. I don't think that. Please invite me to your house. Uh, You don't have to make me a steak. I prefer pork chops, actually. But I mean, fuck, it's Doug's house. He can make whatever he makes. Uh, But if you want to make me a biscuit, by all means, I'll come to your place. All right. So here's the deal. I fly. I fly to Vegas. And I get there and I have to walk a mile and a fucking half through the goddamn terminal. And then I go sit and wait. And then I have to get on the Chicago plane. And the Chicago plane, of course, is fucking packed. And I felt bad because a couple sat next to me. And uh, again, as you know, I'm weird. I'm just weird about... Um... <laughs> it it just sounds strange. But for for a man to talk to a woman... And I, I, th- this is an antiquated notion. I totally get it. Uh, but if a woman has a boyfriend instinctually, in my head, I think I should ask the boyfriend if I could talk to the woman. It's the dumbest. It's just the weirdest. It flashes. I don't follow that rule. But for some reason, it pops into my head like, is it disrespect if I talk to his girlfriend with him sitting right there? Uh, Because I'm a little gun shy for the past five years, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, my my head is pretty fried from things that have happened to me. uh, And I'm not going to get into it. But... Uh, well, no, fuck, I'll get into it. The fact that everybody would hit on Jill even when I was standing there, it drove me out of my fucking skull. Like I'm, she's holding my hand and a guy in a fucking hotel bar is like, hey, baby, come and sit down. I'm like, I'm gonna kick you in the face with a size 14 dress shoe, you fuck. But first you'll have to wait here while I go buy some dress shoes. However, I'm still gonna kick you in the face. Um, so now I get this flash in my head, like, is it disrespectful to talk to a guy's girl and I'm fuck, I'm dude, I'm all fucking upside down. So, uh, but you know, it's not disrespectful to come to a guy's house and sleep in it while he's working. That's not disrespectful at all. And then expect him to cook you at dinner when he shows up. What a jag off I am. Holy fuck. America's house guest. Um, so uh, I get on the plane and this woman sits in the middle and, and her boyfriend sits there. And I, I always give the speech, the, the standard, Hey, look, I'm a giant and I apologize. You know, we're going, you're flying through the sky with a monster and I, I will try not to steal too much of your seat or armrest. And I'm very sorry. So, uh, she sits down and she was very polite and lovely. And I just look at her and I, excuse me, I'm very sorry. Uh, and she goes, what? And l- I'm not joking. Uh, cause again, I had that flash of, should I say something to her? And I said, well, of course you should say something to her. It's a polite thing to do, but should you include both of them? So it doesn't look like you are be macking on her. But I mean, who would mack on a girl at fucking 50,000 feet? Uh, actually check that. I know that. I, I know the answer. All the guys who would mack on Jill on the fucking plane. Um, never with me. I will tell you that nobody hit on her on the plane with me. But I would always get a text from her saying, uh, oh, my God, this guy's sitting next to me. He won't stop talking to me. Oh, my God, this guy, he's asking where I'm going. Oh my, I'm just like, I, I know. Am I going to break everybody's jaw? Is that what I have to do is show up at the airport and murder everyone? Uh, and I would have done it. You know me. I would have fucking done I was ready to do it. But that was the thing is I'd always get... She'd always pull the fucking cord on the mower but never let me cut the lawn. You know what I'm fucking talking about? She'd just be like, hey, oh my God, look at this guy. He's sitting next to me. Oh my God, he keeps asking about me. And he, he told me like he liked my dress. And, and I'm like, great, can I kill him? No, no. Oh my gosh, he's just... This is what guys do. They're just very nice. He's just being polite. He's not being polite. Stop sending me texts where he tells you you're hot. Uh, all right. <laughs> but I haven't been thinking about this much lately All right, so. Um, so I get on the plane and I talk to the girl and, and so I didn't, but I didn't preface it as both of them. I looked at her and I go, excuse me. And she's like, yes, I go, you know what? I want to apologize. And I'm not kidding. Her boyfriend, he snaps his head around to look at me as if he heard a bomb go off. Like, I mean, he, he looked at me like it was very much a, you talking to my girl Head spin. And and I and all the times I said I have this flash of recognition where should I include the guy in it so he doesn't think I'm Mackin or whatever. But I've seen that look on a, on a face in a mirror. I know what that was about when he literally wheeled like, what the fuck are you talking to my girl? Like this weird thing because you get and also, also though I will say this, it's also more this. What the fuck is my girl talking to you? Like that that weird thing that dynamic. Um, but then I looked at him and I said hi. And he just kind of like looked at me, and I said, all right, so I just want to apologize to you guys for this. And, and she was very nice and polite, and then he was nice then. But initially, that instant of contact, I could, you could totally see that he was a guy who wanted – because she was – that girl was – you know, she was very pretty and sat sh- next to me, and she was young. And uh, and also in a, in a closed space, you never know what fucking weirdo you're going to be talking to at any given time. Because, you know, they – on Southwest, you pick your own seats. So they chose the seats to sit next to me. And the second I start with the, excuse me, folks, they got to be going, oh, motherfucker, there were other empty seats on this plane. And now we got to sit next to fat talkie. We don't want to talk to fat talkie. Uh, But, you know, I was able to tell them I apologize. And then we all slept through the goddamn flight. Although I did not sleep. On that flight, it was terrible. From uh, on the way to Vegas, I didn't sleep because I was reading, and then I like walk well, at the bulk of my sleeping because you know me, I can fucking sleep anywhere, dudes, and I like sleeping in small spaces. From years of driving in the car and sleeping in the goddamn car, I love sleeping in a fucking small space. I you should have seen me tucked away on this couch last night. Oh my god, it was beautiful. And by this that last night, I mean this morning. Um, but sure enough, on the plane, Southwest, it was one of their new planes. that had like a new seven thirty seven or whatever the fuck, and uh, I have to pick the window properly. Like there's there's. Look, I lean into the window. I try to disappear into the window. Well... But the, the best thing you can do on these is is only two-thirds of me can disappear into the window well, and then my elbow is... There's a fucking bump, so it doesn't go. So my whole shoulder is fucking out of line, and trying to sleep like that is a fucking nightmare, especially when you're jammed in with three other people. If you've got nobody in the middle seat, you can sprawl and make the best of it. But I was just fucking wedged in, and so that got all fucked up. And then I got to Midway Airport at one fifty five in the morning, and my flight wasn't until 6.40, so I got to kill five hours in the airport. Now, again, I did it to save $50 or whatever the fuck, or $75, which... At the time you're booking the flight always seems like a good idea. And then when you've got to go ahead and kill the time in the airport, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me, man? I could have driven one more day and not had to sleep in a fucking shoebox. Uh, but I, and, and at Midway, there's, you know, O'Hare, there's places to kind of relax and rest and sleep or also in Midway, there's places to set up your laptop where you can actually sit at a table because there's a huge communal area with like snack bars and food, even though they're closed because it's late at night. But in Midway, it's just seats. There's no fucking tables. There's no pull-out chairs. So you got to sit and there's cup holders and it's just fucking oppressive. And there's nowhere to lay down because I mean, it's like airport. Like, they don't want you laying down. It's not that they're like, hey, hey, hobos, enjoy. Nobody wants to fucking do that. But at the same time, you recognize it with flight delays and shit like that, there's got to be a place for people to relax. So I'll tell you what, when I landed here in fucking Cincinnati, I'm walking through the airport. All of a sudden, there's like a lounge with like 75 couches. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's beautiful. Why the fuck wasn't that at Midway? Well, you know why it's not? Because I would have fucking slept in there and they would have been pissed. They don't want fat guys sleeping in there. They just want real people to fucking relax between flights. All I'm doing is taking up space. So I sit there and I wait for my flight to Cincinnati. It's in five hours. So I, I go on the phone, I do this, I'm trying to, and I'm like, maybe I'll wait it out. And, and then finally I was just falling apart. I was sore. I couldn't move because i fucking being in planes and, and I couldn't lay down. So I just fucking, you know what I did? I put my hood up and I just, I put my legs up on my suitcase and just fucking crashed. And and it's that thing where when you're sleeping in a public area, it's always fucking nerve wracking. So I've got my laptop wrapped around my arms, like my around the straps, so nobody takes it. I got my fucking suitcase under my feet, so nobody makes off with that. By the way, nobody's stealing your shit in the airport. They've already made it past security. Nobody's going to take your bag and take it on the plane with them. That's not happening. Uh, but it doesn't matter. You still got to guard. You got to stay frosty no matter where you are, folks. Midway or fucking the holler, you got to stay frosty. Uh, so I'm waiting. I'm getting stuff squared away. Doug, why are you still in the kitchen? Jesus fucking Christ. He is still here. He has not left. I don't know if he's making dinner. or He's probably, you know what? The guy just got home from work. Why am I mad at him? I'm in his kid. I'm the interloper. Who the fuck am I yelling at him? Why he's in his own kitchen. Hey dude, why are you still in your own kitchen? Slash my studio. Uh, fucking dumb. So bad. Don't have me to your house. Folks. Don't invite me to come to a podcast at your place. Cause I'll just alienate your 10 year husband and then ruin your chafing dishes. It's fucking terrible. I'll sleep on your couch. She, and this is great. Cause I like, I haven't showered yet either, man. I've just been up all fucking night. And, uh, and I was, cause then Christine's like, well, you can use the guest room shower. And then she said something like, but I, I have to take all of our bills out of the bathtub. She, I can't even let her finish the sentence. Like the, the bathtub is filled with detritus and I'm like, ah, you don't have to fucking clean that shit out. I'm not going to shower. And also cause, uh, if I'm going to shower, I'm going to wait for Doug to get home. Cause the last fucking thing is I'm not about to get fucking naked in your house with Doug, not here. That's going to be awful. I don't give a fuck how many locks you got on the goddamn door just on just on the uh, one accident where you're like oh I need a tissue because of my allergies are kicking in because I'm so allergic to bluegrass I have to get something and then I'm half naked and then Doug walks like literally walks in the door and that's happening and then the whole thing goes to fucking hell and I don't get a steak that's that's the upshot of the whole thing. I don't get a fucking steak. If Doug, if Doug walks in on me getting ready for a shower and fucking Colette's eyes are watering from so much bluegrass and we're in the same room, and then he walks in, he's going to be like, dude, what the fuck, man? And then I got to cheese it. I got to run out. And then I got to go live in the ditch behind the house just like Colette did before she met him. Hopefully she, her lean-to is still intact. Uh, so Doug literally just like walked toward me. And, then, and I, like, in my head, I'm like, is he going to smack me? Like, what the fuck's going to happen here? I don't know what's going on. Don't push the envelope with Doug. Oh, see hear that. Oh my God. He's, he's unleashing. He's getting out weapons or something. Uh, don't push the envelope with Doug folks. You want, you mess with the bull. You'll get the fucking horns. You'll get the Doug horns. Nobody wants the Doug horns, man. Uh, Oh, he pulled out a, it's a juicer. He's making me some juice. What a guy. This is a good, this is a badass guy. Awesome. Uh, he's got a mandolin. He's got some Brussels sprouts. He's going to make me a juice. Uh, hopefully he's going to make me a ribeye. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna shoot. What if I? What if I was that dick? What if I had to call my shot with my steak? Oh, you know, I, I'm usually only a ribeye man. I couldn't possibly eat this. What the fuck, man? Get out of my house, you dick! Nobody gets a steak choice. If I'm making you a steak, eat it. Shut up and open your mouth. Unless he makes me cube steak. If he makes me cube steak, I'm leaving. I will. I will run. I will totally sprint. Uh, because we know cube steak is just the food of the poor. And Doug's nothing. He's he's nothing if not rich. He's loaded. This is not a cube steak, man. This is not a powdered milk, man. This is a guy who makes big time money. So his wife can spend it on goddamn propel for me. Terrible. All right. I just, I feel so guilty and awful right now. And yet I continue. I persist. He persisted. That's, that's what that whole thing's about. He persisted. Whenever you think, whenever you hear that fucking thing, you just think about Mike sitting at a table waiting for cheddar bay biscuits and, and insulting Doug who's four feet away from him. Um, and getting closer all the goddamn time. He's creeping. He's, he's on tenterhooks. He's getting closer and closer. He's like Lon Chaney and the Wolfman tiptoeing through the fog. He's going to get close enough to me and just take out my goddamn jugular with a fucking swipe of the juicer. And he's like, oh, you want juice? I'll juice you, motherfucker! Gah! Doug is making it happen. All right. So, uh, so what was I talking about? I was talking about something being in a plane probably. So I was flying and then, uh, so then I had to get to the airport and I put my hood up and I'm sleeping and sleeping in a public area is dicey, man, because you just, it's that thing where you're sleeping and you wake up like 20 minutes later and there's a guy. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, man, why is this guy here now? Why are you in my room? Get out of my room, Jagoff. Oh, well, and then you fucking close your eyes and you go to sleep again and you wake up like 30 minutes later and there's a couple like across from you like, motherfucker, what are you two doing here? Uh, Get out of my room. But it's not your room. But that's the thing. As you sleep in it, you think it's your room. But I got a hood up. I must have looked a fright. I must have just looked a fright unshaven hood up clutching my laptop as if there were thieves in the midst. Uh, but then you do that. You wake up every 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and there's more people surrounding you and they're on laptops and they're talking and then hustling and bustling. And it's just like, oh man, I got to wake up now because this is just fucking rude, but I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was so fucking wiped out. Uh, and it's because I've changed my sleep schedule as I've told you folks, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but sure enough, I wind up getting on the plane for Cincinnati and, uh, there's nobody on the plane. All right. They told us, they go, it's, it sit wherever you want. It's pretty empty not a problem. Now I fly Southwest, as you know, I'm an A-list flyer with Southwest. I used to be a gold level flyer at American airlines, but then I switched because in uh, you know, with, when I was dating Jill, it was a straight shot from Burbank to Milwaukee and it worked out perfectly. Uh, but then I wound up switching to Southwest and I'm, I'm now an A-list guy. So I, uh, I get to board the plane with the A-listers, even though it's empty, I'm going to get my own seat. It's fantastic. Um, however, if you know anything about Southwest, you know that Southwest, I used to call it a flying bus. I used to intimate that it was a flying bus, but now Southwest is something different. Southwest is now a, uh, Southwest is a flying open mic night. That's what Southwest airlines is. I used to think it was a bus, but no, they've upgraded the quality of the seats and they're the only ones that give me like peanuts and pretzels and shit like that. They kind of care. It seems, but also Southwest, here's what they do. They encourage their staff to have personality. And uh, I got news for you. I don't want my staff to have personality. I don't I don't want you doing your stand-up routine. I don't want jokes. I I I don't want that when I'm awake. But when I haven't slept all night long and I've already been on two fucking planes, the last thing I want is for you to try out your new bits on me as I get on the fucking plane. And that's what happened. I get I board, you know, the pre-boarders came in. And by the way, I don't know if cincinnati is just the land of the cripples but they said that this plane was empty other than the fact that there was this circus train line of wheelchair people getting on the goddamn plane and also i'll tell you this i don't know if that's people who need wheelchairs because they might i'm not gonna judge but also it's a lot of fat people who don't want to walk i'm not gonna lie to you i mean when you look around the airport now because again if you want a wheelchair in the airport you know what you got to do ask that's it man You don't have to go, hey, man, I lost my leg in a shark attack. You just got to go, hey, man, I'm winded. And they go, all right, we'll sit down. We'll push you around. And they do. They wheel you all through the airport. Uh, they used to have that little car where they drive you around and they'd fucking honk. And then they'd just give the fucking mean looks at people as they drove by. But now if you want a wheelchair, and I think a lot of people are taking advantage of it. We're like, ah, uh, I just don't want to walk. Cause I'll tell you what, like I said, I walked almost like a mile and a fucking half in Vegas's airport, but I have to get in shape. Cause I got a big Spartan sprint coming up. Uh, and, and so th- that's the best, that's the first cardio I've done in six months walking in the Las Vegas terminal. Um, but I get on the Southwest plane, you know, all the, all the wheelchairs around there. And so I get on and, uh, the fucking, the, the, this little, I, I get, the, you know what the best word to describe him is pixie. He's a pixie who works on the plane and, uh, he's, his, his name is like Chad. And I, I, I walk on the plane and he goes, sir, I got to tell you, you need to sit in the front and I'm dude, I got my hood up. I'm fucking out of it. I've, I've already been on two planes. I was just sleeping in a communal area for four hours. <laughs> And I look at him and I go, what? And he goes, yeah, with the weight dispersal, because there's nobody really on the plane, we need all of the weight front balanced. So everyone needs to sit in the front of the plane. I said, okay. And he goes, yeah, and you can put your luggage all the way in the back, but then walk up and please take a seat in the front. I said, so I'm supposed to walk to the back and put my bags in the overhead. He goes, yeah, because it'll balance out having all the passengers in the front. And it took me a second. And then he smirked. And I, I looked at him and he just goes, ah, no, I'm just kidding, man. It's the Southwest. You can sit wherever you want. And I literally just looked at him and I went, no. And I walked to my seat. That's all I said. Like I just, I, I there wasn't even like, fuck you or nice joke or you and your bullshit. I just looked at him and I went, no. And I just kept walking. I mean, and also, like I said, Pixie, and I'm not joking. He was like a little sardine. Like I got to pick him up, put him on my mouth and pulled out bones. I'm putting a lot of men in my mouth this week. Uh, but yeah, but I was, I could have walked like, I just, I've been on two planes. I'm fried. I'm fucked, dude. I literally, my stove might still be on. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to have Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Just make this flight happen. No, <laughs> literally just said in his face. Went and sat down and just fucking, and I was out of it. And I just, I, I and, and then I slept because there was nobody near me and I just fucking sprawled out and just fucking crashed and slept. And then, uh, and then got to town here, landed in Cincinnati, huge airport in fucking Cincinnati. That was crazy. Uh, but I'm here and I got picked up by a blonde, uh, pink haired woman in a red SUV. And I've been shown no respect by my Airbnb lady. And this this trip is starting auspiciously. We went for breakfast. I'll tell you that. I I said, uh, can we go to breakfast? And she said, yeah. And also I shouldn't have eaten. I was so tired. I shouldn't have eaten, but it just felt like a thing I needed to do. Cause I did not eat yesterday. Okay. Um, I I didn't eat because I I'm uh, whatever I'm I'll tell you about that in a second uh but also because I was fucking hustling I'm doing intermittent fasting is what I'm doing but unfortunately my intermittent fasting I was going to break it in the afternoon I was going to go get like some chicken and avocado and stuff and then I found up having to get on fucking nine planes so I didn't get to eat so I had peanuts on the plane and then I got to Cincinnati I said can we have some breakfast she goes yeah she took me to a place called first watch and uh and it was, real, it was good. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't decide what to fucking order. This is the thing. When people eat with me, they it's they, they learn that they shouldn't eat with me ever because I see 10 things I want. I still have a fat guy head. So I'm like, I want this and I want this and I want this, but I shouldn't get that, but I should get this. But I can get... And I even, I even broke it down for Colette. I could just see her exhale because like, she's like, what are you getting? I go, well... Part of me wants to get, get this bacon avocado omelet, but then part of me wants to get this fucking farmland hash thing because it's got cheddar cheese and stuff. But also there's this weird street corn thing that they have with hash and cilantro, but I can get Mexican food in California and I can just hear her just go, shut up, shut up. I was being polite. I don't give a flying fuck about your breakfast thought process. Nobody cares. Eat something. Jesus. Because literally the waitress came by four times. Hi, you need anything? I said, God, yeah, I need a minute. And she come back? You still need a minute? Yes. Literally Colette picked up the menu and scanned it like the $6 million man and put it down instantly and knew what she wanted. Like she had a T2 fucking Schwarzenegger eye that went and just honed in on this egg white protein thing and she's like, done, that's it. And she put her menus down. Meanwhile, because they got a regular menu, they got a summer menu. I'm taking it all in. You flip it over. There's a lunch menu. I'm reading about a limeade hibiscus. I'm I'm just reading. I'm just like, guys, I will marinate in that shit. I love food. I want to know what you're making. They had an avocado toast. They had another thing with some Mardon sea salt on it. I'm like, this sounds good. And she's just going, can I get my egg whites and we can get the fuck out of here? Jesus Christ. So I, I finally the wait. The lady comes over and I ordered. I want. I know you're wondering. I settled on the farmland hash. (laughs) You guys are like, what could Mike possibly get? I mean, because that you know that street corn hash sounds pretty good. No, no. I settled on a farmland hash. You know why? Because I wanted the tastes of breakfast, which sounds stupid, but I wanted bacon. I wanted potatoes. I wanted eggs. That's what I wanted. And I didn't want to just get eggs, bacon, and potatoes, but I wanted it in a hash. You know what I wanted? I wanted a regular breakfast, but I wanted it in a pile. That's what I wanted. I totally wanted to eat a pile. Give me a pile of breakfast. That's what I said to the lady on her fifth trip over to the table, and she knew exactly what I spoke of. She knew exactly of what I was speaking. Uh, So I ordered the farmland hash, which is a, it's a bacon and an avocado, and a cheddar cheese and uh, onions and then tomatoes and I even said, <laughs> said the Colette like well, I don't know I want this farmland ash because it's got tomatoes in it and that doesn't seem like a breakfasty item to me a cold tomato with some cottage cheese but I don't know if I want a stewed tomato in here and she goes li- and literally could not be on her last nerve just just hand in her head or head in her hand and she's just like you could uh you could probably ask them to take the tomatoes out of it I mean I I don't I don't know. I, maybe. And I and I said, this is not even a joking. I went, nah, you know what? I bet the tomatoes are a package deal with the onions. And I, and I just saw Colette die a little. I mean, I just saw her just go, oh, that wounded me. The package deal with the tomatoes and the onions. Of course. Why didn't I think of that, dummy? Please scan the menu 40 more minutes. I had to make up for her being late 45 minutes. So I took that long to fucking scan the menu. So I go to Farmland Hash. And I'll tell you this. My fears were <laughs> unfounded because the tomatoes were delicious they had an acid an acidic quality that cut through the richness of the avocado the potato the bacon and the egg yolk it worked perfectly the chefs at first watch know exactly what they're doing folks and i almost overthought it and asked them to take out the tomatoes if i didn't think they were a package deal with the onions always go with the tomatoes in your breakfast i and now it's it might be a healthy addition to any future omelets i may ask in the future if they have stewed tomatoes just to place them in any omelet i may order they were delicious. However, I'm fat. At least my brain is still fat. Well, no, the rest of me is still fat, too. But my brain is totally fat. So it's like uh, I start looking at this menu. And like I said, I can't just settle on the farmland hash, folks. Uh... They had, look, I, I walked in the door and I saw it and I knew I was getting it no matter what, even though I've ordered it in other establishments and didn't care for it. But I think all the time, this is the definition of insanity, ordering the million dollar bacon and thinking it'll be any better wherever you get it, because it's always the same fucking thing. It's this trend now where they put bacon in an oven and they cover it in brown sugar or maple syrup and cayenne pepper. And they call it million dollar bacon. I got news for you. That's $20 bacon at the most because it's not crispy. It's just, it's just like a, it, it feels, you know, it's like they uh, shaved it off with a lathe. They, t- they found like a like a, a pig and they shaved off a, a couple of strips with a lathe and they threw it in the oven and they toasted it up. It's not crispy. You can roll it up. You can't roll up bacon. Bacon should shatter. You should drop bacon down and it just fucking shatters into a billion pieces. You should get bacon shrapnel in your eye when you're eating and go, ah, but then you love it because now you got a pork eye and you're fucking fantastic. But no, man, this is fucking weird tire tread consistency. And Colette nailed it. She's like, this is like jerky before it's jerky. And you're goddamn right it is. Holy shit, she nailed it. It was like this fucking false jerky. I don't want a false jerky for breakfast, but yet I ordered it every time. I fall for it. This is not kidding. This is the fourth time I ordered a million dollar bacon. It's always the same fucking thing. I always think it's going to be different. Because the, the, cause you know why? The components sound good. Bacon, maple syrup, cayenne pepper, sea salt. I'm like, this is going to be fucking devastating. I would want this on a birthday cake. And then they bring it out. It's just lifeless and limp so bad and then i also fell for this i ordered cheesy grits as a side dish and i said to her i go hey will you have some bacon if i order the bacon and she's like i might have a bite of it and put bacon in front of me but i'm trying to eat healthy i said okay i'll get some cheesy grits too (laughs) why not let's just be as fat as we possibly can because again i here's the thing i trick myself all the time same thing with the million dollar bacon i order cheesy grits and then i get them and i hate them because grits have no flavor grits have no taste You, you have to, when I make grits at my house, it's, it's not even, I'm not even joking. It's four grits and a stick of butter. That's what I make. It's just, it's literally four tiny grits. I, you know what? I would eat a grit. If you just ordered, I would order one grit, one grit I could pull off. Cause I would make it and just pour butter all over it. But when they put cheesy grits together, it's a bowl and it's kind of soupy too. I make a thick grit at my house. I like a fucking grit that a spoon will stand up in. I don't want any soup. Just like with my macaroni and cheese. I don't want a soupy macaroni and cheese. I want something that a fork is gonna fucking stand up in. I want I want all of my I want all of my sauce-based food to have a heart on. I want a fucking fork sticking straight up in the air. I want a spoon sticking straight out of those goddamn grits. I want to be able to give my grits a spoon hand job. That's what I wanna do. I wanna jerk off that spoon while it's standing straight up in the cheesy grits. And also I fool myself because you know what I like? I like a savory grit. So a cheesy grit I think is gonna be a savory grit, but no, I'm thinking of shrimp and grits because that also has the delicious tasso ham and shrimp sauce on top of it. That's what make those grits tasty. Uh cheesy grit, just on its own, is just it's just a it's like a fucking a fake couscous. That's all it is. It went with cheese on top of it. It was, it was grim. It was a big mistake. So I ordered million dollar bacon. We didn't finish it. I ordered cheesy grits. I ate like two spoonfuls of it. Uh, and then I choked down as much of the breakfast as I could, but I'm trying to, you know, I'm doing the thing where you eat till you're full. Uh, you know what? I would have been full on the farmland thing. I didn't have to order the cheesy grits and the fucking million dollar bacon and every other goddamn thing, especially because Colette ate none of it. Literally. I think she, she might've had a bite of the bacon. And then that's when she proposed, she proclaimed it jerky and then ignored it the rest of the meal. I was like, all right, good for you. Uh, so we finished that. And then she says to me, she goes, all right, do you want to go to the store and go ahead and get your, like your, your mouthwash and your, your, and I just looked at her, I'm literally shaking my head. and I was like, no, no. She it was like, she was the Southwest guy. No. Uh, cause I could barely stand up at that point. And, uh, so I picked up breakfast. We bailed, we came and then we came to her house. And again, you know, it just, it's. Their hospitality is lovely and I'm glad that they've had me here and uh, it's fantastic. Thank you, Doug. You're very nice. But it also, it, uh, you know me and it was weird to me to be here uh, in someone's house when they're not here. I just feel it's just a, and again, it's me. It's totally me. It's nobody else. I've never met Doug. I don't know if he's weird with it, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I take my pants off in his house and I sleep on his couch and, and right where he's sitting right now, he's literally sitting right where I slept. Oh, good for you, Doug marinating my juices. Um, and then, and you know, Colette goes to bed too, because she's a night person and, uh, And then I wake up and she wakes up and, and, uh, I just, it just, and people are lovely. And again, people are very nice. And thank you for letting me come here and and sleep at your house. I wasn't going to I have an Airbnb and all that stuff, but thank you, Doug. And, and I, I so look forward to whatever dinner you're going to make for me. What a jag off. (laughs) Um, but I'm in Cincinnati for a reason folks. And you know what this is? Uh, I'm here for a show this weekend. There's a big show, uh, originally this was because of the Spartan sprint I was coming to town. And then I said, well, let's tack a show on that because that's how my life goes. Now shows are an afterthought. I do other things and then throw my career on the, as a tail ender. Hey, you know what, while I'm there, why don't I try to be funny and talk to people for uh, laughs and money? Um, by the way, the, the laughs will be there. The money clearly will not uh, with the ticket sales that I've, I've got rolling. Um, but that's okay, folks. It'll be an intimate gathering, and I'm excited about it, even though last week's nonsense with the theater all got straightened out. Finally, I'm going to be there. I think I'm doing a show without a sound system. That's going to be... Uh uh, I know you think I'm loud and I could probably pull it off and I probably can. Uh, but if I want to get into the 90 minute mark, I'm going to lose my voice. Probably. I would imagine just from projecting to the back of the room to the 15 people that are going to be sitting there. <laughs> Fuck that. You know what? We're all just going to sit Indian style, man. I'm just going to sit in the middle of you. We're going to play duck, duck, goose. I'm going to tell a couple of stories, fire those off. We'll come back here and Doug will make us late night steaks. It's going to be fucking fantastic. is going to be great. Uh, by the way, we will not play duck, duck, goose because that day I'm in the Spartan sprint and I'm going to die. I'm, I am, I <clears> am <throat> I kept telling you, I'll I'll tell you later why I'm doing things. Well, um, Sunday was a a special day. Sunday was a big day for me. I consider it a big day. Sunday was, uh, I'm considering it. And again, this will sound corny, perhaps, maybe, I don't know, uh, but I don't care because I'm embracing the corn. I'm I'm doing, uh, I have to fix my life. I have to. I mean, I... For weeks now, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting the show done on time. So I'm not getting artwork and it's affecting this show. It's affecting my life. I'm, uh, I'm spiraling a bit. And so, so I, I made a decision two weeks ago because you know me, I love arbitrary deadlines And I've talked on the show here about like, you know, no more zero days, no more, not, you know, no more this and, uh, that, you know, I ordered I had fast food and I ate it and I made myself eat it and throw it up and eat it and throw it up. And I was like, this is going to be, you know, like my scared straight moment. And, and, uh, until you get your fucking head right, those don't apply. And also I will recognize this words are just words. Like I, I, I talked to mechs and I didn't even tell him any of this shit because we had a long talk this week because we had to straighten a bunch of shit out, but, uh, uh, I didn't tell him any of this because words are words. He's heard words from me for 35 years. And if they don't catch, they don't catch. You know, one of my greatest moments is when I had my gastric bypass surgery and I lost all my weight. And then I went, I you know, it happened in July. Uh, oh, is it really? What a coincidence. July 1st. Oh, really? Was that Sunday? It was. July 1st, 2005. And then I went home for Christmas. And uh, I've told this story before. Uh, David opened the door when I knocked on it. And he literally, he just fell on the floor laughing. Like he couldn't he couldn't believe what I looked like, how different I looked to the change that had been made. Uh, he just started laughing. It was, and I like to think it was a joyful laugh. Like he was rooting for his friend and he was like, Holy fuck. I can't believe this because again, he saw 500 pound me forever. And then you see me looking half that size. It was just kind of astonishing. It was astonishing even to me, you know, I lost a hundred pounds the first month, you know, and, and then it just kept going. And once you see that kind of progress, you you, you just lean into it. That's what you want to do. And it's like when I did eating for the week, when I did eating is for the week, I just, I, I saw the fucking weight loss. And, you know, like I said, that moment when Mex opened the door in 2005 and he just started laughing, I was like, this is so joyful. It's great. Um, when I lost all my weight, uh, you know, five years ago, four years ago, whatever it was, and I lost a hundred pounds when I, 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 I had this moment where I went to the closet and I've got piles of clothes that I don't wear. I, I and I just started putting them on and they all fit, everything fit. And it's this thing where you're just like, God damn, this is working. This is going great. And then it makes you lean into it. You want to just keep fucking going. You want to keep losing weight. Um, Well, uh, things have happened. My head got a little fried up uh, for various reasons. And uh, I backslid. And I backslid in such a way that I am now heavier than I've ever been since the gastric bypass. You know, I once wrote a blog called 340. And it's because I hit 340 pounds and I was like, holy fuck, how am I back up at 340 pounds? I got down to 265. How the fuck am I back at 340? Uh, well, I can top it. Um, I got down to 254. That's the lowest I got when I was with Jill and, and working out heavy and working with John. And <clears throat> I, I, uh, I got down to 254 and I, uh, I stepped on a scale last week for the first time in a long time. And uh, and and look, by the way, I still go to the gym. I've gone to the gym consistently for the last four years. I lift. I've gone three days a week, and I lift with John, and I lift hardcore. I just abandon all pretense of cardio. I sit on my ass. I eat bad things. I've, I've actually started drinking soda again. I started eating fast food because I was on the road and stuff was closed, and I made myself do it. And the, as you all know, the main thing, uh, the main heroin that I inject into my system is uh, giant Hershey bars. And I still, I gave them up, uh, you know, a few months ago, I gave them up for a while. And then I was like, well, I can have one. Oh, you know, I can have two. And, uh, and then I was back up again to eating two a day. And then I stepped on a scale last week and, uh, I weighed 366 pounds. And, uh, and I'm a guy who I've known for like four months that I was doing a race this week. And I did nothing to to, to get this. Remember when I did the warrior dash, go by year three or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, I knew I was doing it and I did nothing to get in shape. I did nothing. And I I wound up doing it out of shape and it was a disaster. I finished it and I was proud that I finished it. I wasn't proud of the way I finished it, but I fought through it. And, uh, and a listener named rich was there to help me through it. And KC was there and, and we got it done. We made it happen. Uh, and I swore it would never happen again. And hi, how you doing? I'm the guy who swears things will never happen again. And then they do. So I stepped on a scale and I weighed 366 pounds. And if you want to get real about it, I weighed 366.8 pounds. So I guess you could say I weighed 367 pounds. Uh, and I was fucking gobsmacked. I mean, look, I recognize when I'm getting big. You know what I mean? I, I clothes are different. Uh, standing up is harder. <laughs> Certainly, my knees have a lot of things that they want to say to me and discuss with me. My knees are more angry at me now than Doug is. Uh, so I, I I wind up I, I'm just. I've let it go, man. I fucking let it go. And you know this. And, I, and words mean nothing. I recognize that. I And for me especially, words are kind of cheap because that's how I make my living. And they've always come easy to me. So I, I can be easy with a promise or I can be easy with an effort or I can be easily saying, well, I'm going to do this. And then I don't because it's easier to say it in the moment than do it over the course of moments. So uh, 367 and i and i just went this is fucking terrible like and again like i said i still lift i sweat i lift i'm fucking strong my arms are huge i mean i'm my arms my chest my back like i've said i'm a i'm a suit of armor i'm just wrapped in fucking baloney and now i'm wrapped in more baloney than i've been wrapped in, in in fucking years it's pathetic and i hate it and i hate me i won't lie i mean i got on the fucking plane today cuz again i'm wearing a big fucking 3x shirt and then i got to wear my fucking 5x hoodie over my 3x shirt and i just I just look like a monster. I know I look like a monster. I feel like a monster. I know who I am. I know who I am inside. I wish I wasn't this guy. I wish I hadn't backslid because I'll tell you what, once you backslide, when I was 254, do you know how happy I was? Look at the photos of me, fucking vascular and yoked and clean and sharp and just fucking th- looking good in every photograph and feeling great about it. I mean, I, have, I keep photos in my phone now that I'll look at and just wistfully shake my head and go, man, what the fuck did you do to yourself again? Again, that's the, that's the crime of this entire thing. I've done this so many fucking times. I've lost a hundred pounds or more nine different times in my life. Tell me my heart isn't ready to fucking kill me. My heart is just dying for the opportunity to explode. It's just so fucking pissed. Literally, my knees just got to be going. Here we go again. Again with the fucking walking and the moving and the and uh, and eventually your body's just gonna say no more, no more. When I had the gastric bypass in two thousand five, I went to a doctor and I said, hey. Uh, you know, I got to do something. I mean, I tore my meniscus walking up fucking stairs. We got to figure this out. And he said, what do you want to do? And I've told you this before. I I put it in the blog for three forty, I believe I just, I looked at him and I said, I just want to run again. He said, okay. And he goes, what else? And I go, I literally, if I can run, I'll be happy. That's all I want to do. And so then I dedicated my life and I changed my head and I went on this crazy diet. I went through psyche evals and I did all this bullshit. And then I got the surgery. And then, like I said, I had Karen to help me because I'm, I'm nothing if not a guy who needs help all the fucking time. And that's because I've made myself that guy. I don't care enough about myself to take care of myself. If someone wants to help me take care of myself, I consider that like the ultimate form of love. I'm like, yeah, Absolutely. And I, and I will follow you around like a puppy dog forever. If you wish to help me or you like me or you want, and it's, it's damage inside me. And I, I trying to fix it. Uh, but Karen was there, man. Karen, she cooked small, you know, granted she didn't have to cook much. <laughs> she cooked a bunch of shit for me when I was crazy fat. So I'm sure for her making two scallops and a fruit cup was like, oh my God, I got the rest of my life off. This is fantastic. And I told you, I put on that fucking CD, I put on a disc man on a lanyard and I walked around and I knew how fucking ridiculous I looked, but I didn't care. That's where you have to get. You have to get to the point where you don't care how ridiculous you look in pursuit of trying to look better because I will get hit with the shame spiral even at the gym like if I will say to John I go hey shouldn't I be doing more weight here he's like dude we're not going to set records we're just you're doing reps here because you're going to do it's going to increase in weight I'm going to put more weight on I go yeah but I don't want the gym to think I'm a pussy and he's just like what is wrong with you like i who in the gym thinks you're a pussy first of all you're 6'2 360 do you think anybody's going to walk up to you go hey pussy you know what i mean I go well yeah but that's the thing I'm a big dude I should be pushing more weight around he goes stop fix your head more than anything else fix your head and i know i've known this my whole life i've known it July 1st, 2005, I fixed my head and I wound up getting my body fixed in concert and it went great uh, until I backslid uh, and, th- and that's, there's, there's always an until there's always been in my life. There's always been an until when, when eating was for the week and I was losing weight, I, you know, I did it for Jill. I, I won't lie. I did it because I wanted to look good for her and I wanted to keep her and I wanted to be the best. I could. And it was funny because she was just like, I like you big. I mean, you, you don't have to make this effort. You really don't. And I was like, I know because, because once I made the effort, I liked me getting smaller. I liked the effort I was making. I liked looking good in clothes. You know, I would love to buy suits. I would love to wear color, but I can't, I get, I'm stuck in black again because I'm a fucking giant and I'm not crying. And I'm not saying to you guys, Oh, boo hoo, poor Mike. No, you know this. I fucking do this to myself. So I exact the harshest punishment on myself by fucking being angry at myself all the time. And then you wind up in a shame spider where you go, well, fuck, there's no point in doing this then because I've already backslid a couple of times. There's no way out of this, but there is there fucking is there's always, whether it's a pinhole of light at the end, or it's a fake fucking train thing that Wiley E. Coyote is going to run into and get hit. It, there's always an exit. There's always something there, whether it looks fake or not. You got to try it. You got to try every fucking door. Might be the lady, might be the tiger who fucking knows, but you got to try it. Because what am I going to do? Just die? Am I just going to hide in my apartment? Eat Doug's steaks and fucking just get fatter? No, I can't do that. I can't because that happens. I'll tell you what, when I'm in my house and hiding for a week and I think to myself, fuck, you know, I can just eat burritos and jerk off and watch cooking shows the rest of my goddamn life and not have to worry about anybody and any interaction because that's that's an easy hole to escape into. But it can't be like that. It just fucking can't. There's too much life left or there's not enough life left. Because of the damage I've done, I got to think my heart's going to give out at some fucking point. I'm just hoping it isn't Saturday, this fucking race. I mean, because it's going to be fucking swamp hot, dude. It's going to be like, I can't, it's going to be swamp hot and uh the only saving grace i have is that colette said hey let's pace ourselves at this race because if she was going to put any exertion like craziness i was going to go well they're going to leave my body on the trail as a warning to later runners seriously don't even think that i'm going to fucking step it up and fucking crush this i i will finish it i will do my best to do everything i can to wade through the mud and climb over the barbed wire and go ford the river and eat the fucking squirrels or whatever the fuck else i got to do in this goddamn thing and run through the woods and up and down hills and like i told you it scared the shit out of me because i you know i I thought of 5k is three miles. You go to their website, they're like, Hey, it's a four to six mile course. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Let's not double up on my chances of dying, please. But Sunday was July 1st, 2018. 13 years ago, I had gastric bypass surgery. And as I, as I, you know, I love arbitrary deadlines and I figured, you know what, if there's, if there's any sort of sign, if there's any sort of arbitrary deadline for me with this race coming up with me, hating myself with me feeling terrible about what I look, this is it. This is the way to go. And, uh, and so July 1st, 2018 was what I'm considering my rebirth day. Uh, that might sound corny. That might sound fucking like men's health cosmopolitan magazine bullshit, but I don't give a fuck. Sometimes you got to embrace corny. Sometimes you got to go, you know what? This is what I need. And I need this now. I need a goal. I need to call it something. I need it to be, uh, special because oftentimes I've just spit out words. Cause like I said, words are cheap, but I can't, this, this time it can't be, this can't be cheap. I can't, <clears throat> my life depends on it. Truly. Truly truthfully, all those things, any word with a T and an L Y at the end. I I, seriously, all of that matters. And I have to do this. I have to, I and I say this to myself in private guys. You don't even know, man, like when I don't do the show on time or when I don't sit down and I don't get to do it or whatever the fuck because of my head or whatever, I will literally have out, out dialogue with myself and I'll laugh at myself and I'll just go, what are you doing? the fuck is wrong with you? Like, look at you. And then, and then I'll get up and I'll make toast or I'll eat yogurt or I'll, or I'll make a, I'll go get a pizza. And I'm like, look at you, look at, look at everything you're doing to avoid work. Everything you're doing to avoid being uh, productive, everything you're doing to avoid doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. Why? Why? Why are you filling holes instead of going forward? So July 1st, 2018 was my rebirth day. What does that mean? Uh, It means cardio. It means intermittent fasting. It means no chocolate, no fast food, no soda. It means eating like a normal person or eating is for the week. One meal a day. I've talked to John, you know, he's been doing intermittent fasting. I'm doing the same thing. Uh, I'm going to eat a lot more protein and vegetables. He wants me to cut out all carbs. That's going to be a rough one in the beginning. Certainly he wants me to cut out all sugar. I will do the best I can and it's going to be a slow build, but it's being done and it's been Okay. Up until fucking million dollar bacon today. But I mean, that's just a couple of days, but so what you do what you got to do. So Sunday, that's why I went and got that poke bowl with brown rice, you know, and I had a couple of handfuls of trail mix. That was all I ate Sunday. And then Monday I didn't eat, you know, I got up, I went to the gym. Like I said, I was running around and scrambling. Uh, and then, and then I got on planes. So I didn't eat yesterday. And that's why I wanted to have breakfast today. And I'll tell you what, I know it's working. You know how I know it's working. Even in two days, you know how I know it's working? Because when I ate that breakfast today, I didn't like it. It sat in my stomach like a fist. It was too heavy. It was too much. I don't want that. Even, even after two days, because I, I just, and I just, I recognize that. I'm like, this is potatoes I didn't need. I could have I gotten three eggs. I could have gotten a protein thing. Colette did good. She bought, like I said, egg whites and whatever the fuck. I, I went the whole route. I didn't need to do that, but I did. Uh, so it's going to be a battle, you know, I got to fight my head. I got to go. Cause I do that thing where I give myself time off. I'll be like, well, you know what, man, have some potatoes this time. It's fine. You'll make it up on the back end." Fuck. No, you can't be like that. I mean, there's a thing where you can be kind to yourself and say, well, I, cause again, everybody says if you diet, it ruins everything and all this other stuff. Um, I get that, you know what I mean? But you have to have some discipline. You can't just go, well, you know, I'll have a Sunday today and I'll just fight it off tomorrow because John, I'm sorry, my other trainer Richard used to say to me, uh, you can burn off whatever you want as long as the furnace is hot enough, which meant I could eat whatever I wanted to eat as long as I was working as hard as I was working with Richard. And and so then I could, I could indulge in stuff or have certain things, but the thing is you can't do it. You can't have fucking two giant candy bars a fucking day. We all know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't fucking know. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know about me. I'm weak. I make these mistakes and I keep thinking I'm going to fucking scramble and pull myself out of the grave. And I reach out to you guys to fucking follow me. And like I said, there's the attaboy fit brigade page. That's another thing. I will be engaged a lot more on that. Now I know you're thinking, well, Mike, if it was Sunday, why didn't you write about your fucking workout? Well, I'll tell you what Sunday I fucking drove. And then Monday I fucking realized that I was flying out of goddamn town. And then I fucking got here and I slept on Doug's couch and ruined it. So, I mean, I haven't had time to go to the attaboy page, but I will. Uh, because guys like Scott and Spencer and people like that, these are, these are, they're all active on the page. And I would, I would love more of you to be active as well. Uh, but I will be, I'm going to start posting, you know, sweaty photos or whatever the fuck. And this week I'll I'll post stuff from the race, uh, whatever the fuck I got to do. Um, but, and I've said this before, it's time. I've said it a million fucking times. So I, I, I consider J- July 1st, 2018, my rebirth day. I have a goal. I want to lose 60 pounds by the end of the year, um, 66 pounds or 67, we'll call it, because I want to be 300 by the end of the year. Uh, John's like, well, that's six months, 10, 10 pounds a month. We can do that. I go, yes, I can, because I've, I've lost 25 pounds a month before. I can, I've can. i lost 100 pounds in a month. I can make this happen. And he's willing to help me. So we're, we're doing intermittent fasting and I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to eat, you know a smoothie in the morning, you know, some some kale and spinach fucking, and just protein in the afternoon. I, I'm going to be a person. I'm going to be a human. Like I said before, I had to learn to not eat like a grizzly bear. Well, my head is still programmed that way. And, and, uh, and I have to fix these things. And, and this weekend is a big, big step. If I make it out alive, we'll see. I hope I do. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm worried. I will not. I look, I'm going to share that with you. I'm scared. Uh, because it's going to be super fucking hot and I'm going to be running in water and running uphill. And I, I'm pretty sure I'll finish. I just hope I'm not finished. So, uh, so that's it, man. July 1st, 2018. And I periodically, I'll be sprinkling in updates here. If you want to hear it, great. If you don't, I apologize, but I kind of use you guys as a sounding board and I use you as a way to help. And, uh, you know, that's why the attaboy page was created. It's, it's, uh, You know, like I said, when I've lost the weight before, I've lost it for Jill or I've lost it for, for other reasons. And and now I want to lose it for me. And I, I don't care enough about myself to do that. So I may be looking at you guys for support occasionally. uh, But that's that. It's not a lot of, I'm not going to come to your house and sit at your kitchen table and talk for two hours. Don't It's not that kind of support. Not everybody gets that happening. You don't have to all make mistakes. Just Doug. Uh, So come with me. It's rebirth day and rebirth week. And uh, rebirth years and rebirth life. And, and I want to, you know, and I also in, in that rebirth, I also mean for comedy. I mean, for this show, I want to get the show done on time. I want to get show art. And we got a big launch coming up on the new website and Twitch and streaming. And, and, and I have so much I want to do. And, and the only thing keeping me from doing it is me. That's the shame of it. You know? all the things I want to do involve me and I'm a jerk. (laughs) Fuck. I keep myself from doing all the cool stuff. When in fact, I know I want to do all the cool stuff, but for some reason I keep showing up and telling myself not to do the cool stuff. It's very strange. You've met me at a very strange time in my life, but, uh, but rebirth in comedy, rebirth in life, rebirth in physical and mental and all of it. I want to be different. I want to be happy and good and uh and i want to make everything right and i hope uh i hope you stick around because again this was a tough ask for you to stick around and have me talk about kale (laughs) hey i hope you guys will hear me talk about kale for the next year and oh i stepped on a scale and i lost a pound Wee! aren't you guys proud of me everybody write me and tell me i'm great so the race is this weekend i'm excited rebirth week is upon us and uh and now i'm gonna go eat fucking 15 cheddar bay biscuits You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You guys can uh, follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. And also, did you know I'm on Snapchat? Did you know I'm on Instagram? I am. That's the place where you can find exclusive photographs of things. (laughs) Sometimes with me in them uh, Snapchat and, uh, Instagram. I'm Mike four zero Y O B Mike four zero Y O B. Do me a favor. Follow me on Instagram just so I'm not followed by 75 Boston Terrier accounts and fooled that I'm popular because I followed like five Boston Terrier accounts and I was immediately followed by a deluge of a bunch of Boston Terrier accounts, uh, who then want me to buy their Boston Terrier merch, which is fucking ridiculous. I, I, let me get a dog first. Then I'll think about buying a dog bib. Uh, but you can find me there, Instagram and Snapchat, Mike four zero Y O B. Uh, I'm there. Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this. Web stuff, web stuff, web stuff for this show. He's great. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and he's busy. He's got a big month ahead of him of doing stuff. Uh, but you can find him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and be his friend there. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a little freaked out. My voice sounds freaky, but I don't want to take a sip of water because I'm, I'm almost done. <laughs> it's all, but my voice sounds all gravelly and weird. See, I'll tell you what, if somebody got into my car and they heard me talking like this, nobody would say, you should have a radio show. They'd be like, Hey, you want a lozenge? <laughs> I do. And you know what? I actually do want a lozenge. Doug, get me a fucking lozenge. <laughs> uh, give me a, you know what? Give me a, a lozenge side steak. Oh, that'd be good. Just make me a totally tiny steak shaped like a lozenge and brand a little D on there. Uh, Doug's lozenge steaks. All right. So uh, you can find Ryan Dirks on Facebook, as I've mentioned. Hey, superfan fan is the coolest. He does all sorts of cool stuff for me. Uh, I'm hoping he can Skype me through July and get me onto the Twitch. Like you said, he would. We'll see how that works. Uh, and you know what, Gio? You're desperately uh, fighting with Jaden for my attentions these days. You realize that, don't you? You can find superfan fan at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Paluso. Find him there and be his pal. He's the best. Uh, you can also listen to his podcast. He's got the GIO Get It On podcast, GIO Get It On podcast. He's also got the Outdoors FAQ podcast, and he does all of the love line stuff. That stuff's available for you to check out. He's buffing and polishing old love lines, so you can hear what Adam Carolla thought about some stranger's taint. Why wouldn't you go ahead and listen to that? uh and also geo uh did the youtube channel we have a youtube channel you know about that if i ever mentioned it you should go check it out we're going to be doing more with that going forward too oh i'll be better on patreon folks don't you love words words are the best so i got all this stuff coming up youtube so uh, geo built the youtube channel from scratch with only the materials i gave him which was my genius so he constructed it out of genius Uh, Go check out my 40 year old boy YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. That'd be great. And like I said, there's gonna be more live streams coming up on there. Oh, folks, words. So go ahead and check all this stuff out. Hey, if I mentioned David Mex Hernandez, I think I have. He is a genius. He does all the cool ass artwork and music for this show. He's the best. He's my friend. He's the pal I've always wanted to have and keep. Uh, you can find him at facebookcom David Mex Hernandez. Be his friend on there. Or I'll tell you what, if you want to go ahead and buy some custom artwork, look at the artwork in the window there. He did that. He could do that for you. You can find him at artbydmh.com and get him to do some sort of custom artwork for you. Now, look, he's got artwork he's already done that's for sale. He's got uh, Valscapes, he's got Guycons, he's got all sorts of cool ass stuff you can go ahead and thumb through and look there at artbydmh.com. But if you want him to do custom artwork for you, just say, let's just, let's just go ahead and say this. I don't want to say any names. But say you were a khaki-wearing uh, khaki guy who just came home from work and wanted a fucking painting of yourself making a steak. Would you want something like that? Is that something I could interest you in putting in your foyer? What if you wanted a painting of a, a deadbeat podcaster putting a groove in your couch and never getting out? Would you want something like that? If you wanted that painted, you can contact David Hernandez at artbydmh.com and he can make it happen. What if you wanted a picture of yourself as you, by the way, uh, Doug has Mr. Rogers it it and changed into his house clothes. I did notice. Don't kid yourself. He's got a red t-shirt on. He's got some clam diggers. He's, uh, he's elbow deep in some biscuit mix. Uh, good for him. So if you want any of that stuff painted, if you want all of that done, Doug can make it happen. Well, no, Doug can't make it happen. Hold on a second. (laughs) Our friend David can make it happen art by you know doug, art by doug and mex.com that'd be great uh no go to art by mex can make it happen he can do all the artwork you want him to do for you of you and by you to you go ahead and find him he's at art by dmh.com
0: the rumors are true on thursday july 26th the 40-Year-Old Boy will celebrate its 10-year anniversary with a production that will eclipse all previous interludes combined. This year, we are combining two of Mex's favorite things, Broadway plays and religion. The 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast, in conjunction with Mexi Park Productions, is proud to present the rock opera, Schmitty Christ Superstar. Performed by the 40-year-old boy players, starring Schmitty, Max, the Soup Robot, Thorgar and Yeep, Super Fangio, Glory Hole Guy, and a special appearance from a soon-to-be-named deceased singer, Schmitty Christ, Superstar. Is Mike's podcast timeless? We shall let ancient Jerusalem decide.
1: You know, in all this discussion about Jaden and everybody else who is in my menagerie this week, I forgot to mention Officer Irwin. Now, I know you're wondering to yourselves, who is Officer Irwin? Why does he mention a, or merit a mention on this show? Uh, well, first of all, he doesn't really merit a mention on this show. Now that I think about it, that I brought this up, this was a mistake. And yet I'll have to now follow through to tell you who the fuck Officer Irwin is. Uh, when I was in the Burbank Airport today... Uh, or no, last night, I should say shuffling through flying through town. Uh, I, and I knew, because like I said, I overpacked there's 8,000 shirts, fucking a million socks, but buried within that was my microphone. And, uh, It's kind of 50-50 whether or not they're going to fucking see the microphone on the fucking scanner and then open it up and try to fucking touch it, which is weird. But they do. It happens all the time. Uh, Well, it doesn't happen all the time. I just said it was 50-50. What the hell is wrong with me? Uh, They actually stopped doing it for a while. They just kind of let it roll through, and I'm excited about that. But uh, this lady saw it and panicked, and she called Officer Irwin over. Uh, officer Irwin then grabbed my bag and he, uh, he tried to lift it at first, but then he just let it drop onto the ground because it was too heavy. Cause again, as I mentioned, I've overpacked, but also the moral of that story is maybe you don't hire a guy who can't lift 60 pounds to be defending the airways. Maybe you do that. Maybe you keep somebody on retainer who can actually support themselves and be ambulatory because, uh, officer Irwin then slid, you know, he pulled out the handle. He, he rolled it over and, uh, and he said, I said, it's a microphone. He goes, is it? I said, it is. He goes, all right. And then he opens it up and then he can't, he could barely lift all the shirts that were in there, this giant block of linen. And by the way, I'll tell you this. I had to open my, uh, my suitcase to get my microphone to record this show. And, uh, as I finished, I went into the living room to finally officially meet Doug and, uh, my clothes are askew. My clothes are akimbo Kimbo. And I was like, uh, did you fucking rifle through my luggage or something? Doug? And he goes, like, of course I did. I'm like, God damn it. Uh, so that happened. But Officer Irwin was not as uh, curious as our friend (laughs) Doug. And he just he kind of got the shirts out and then he just exhaled because of the wind that had been taken out of him and trying to lift fucking 8000 shirts. And then, uh, you know, I have my microphone wrapped in boxer briefs. So Senator Irwin's got a touch of Senator. Why did I make him a senator? (laughs) Hold on. This is I got a promotion. He was working at at fucking uh, TSA. He has now been elected to official office. Uh, so he, he pulls out my underwear and he unwraps it. Then he pulls out my microphone and, uh, I go, yeah. He goes, what do you use this for? I go, well, it's uh it's a podcast microphone for podcast." And he just goes, oh, you have a podcast. I said, I do. He goes, what's it about? I said, well, it's about my life. And He goes, no, no. I mean, what he goes, I mean, what's it about? Is it about drama? Is it about comedy? Is it about, and I said, well, it's kind of all those things, but I would say it's a comedy podcast. He goes, okay. And uh, he swabbed it with the thing to see if a terrorist had spit on it or whatever the fuck. And then uh, he goes, did you want to repack your bag? I go, oh, yeah, you could barely unpack it. And he goes, oh, I guess it is a comedy show. I go, it is certainly, uh, Inspector Irwin. And uh, he says, well, do you have a card? I said, pardon me? He goes, do you have a card for your podcast? I said, I would, but it's not 1998. 1998. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, you know, my son listens to the podcasts all the time. And I said, well, the name of it is the 40-year-old boy. If you think you can remember that, I'll never remember that. Well, of course you won't, because you're a thousand years old, Methuselah. And you can barely make your way back over to the fucking chair without grinding your bones into dust. And uh, and then I said, well, would you like to write it down? Which is just dumb. Now I'm just, I don't care at this point. But I go, would you like to write it down? He goes, oh, I don't, I don't think I have a pen. And I said, but I'll bet you got hard candies, don't you? And he looked at me and I said, I'm teasing. I'm, I'm uh, having fun. Like you're a grandpa or something. And he goes, Oh no, oh, it is. A, you did say it's a comedy show. And I'm like, Oh, I certainly did. Now go read a fireside chat and die. Uh, I did not say that second part to him, but I'd laughed. I chuckled myself. And then I walked off. Uh, so if he some by some miracle, he remembered the name of the show and he has his son tuning in uh, hello, son of inspector Irwin or officer Irwin. And I didn't really mean that your father should die. All right. So uh folks, uh I've got plugs. I guess they're plugs. Are you listening? Who's still listening? I'm in Cincinnati if I mentioned that. I think I have and there's a show this weekend, Cincinnati July 7th Saturday. Tickets on sale at brownpapertickets.com at the Clifton Performance Theater. It's me on stage and uh I'm going to say a smattering of people, a small gathering of folks and they'll be there to hear me talk about I don't know what. I may be talking about the race. I may just be, I may just, like I said, we may just sit Indian style and sleep. Let's all take naps. Let's all come here and have Doug boil us a steak. We can do that because apparently that's what he's doing for me tonight. Doug is boiling my meat. Uh, I, and look, I'm all fancies. So I go, oh, are you sous vide the steaks? And they were just, and I, I will tell you this. I expected a little more from these two when I knew what it was, but they didn't, they just didn't even flinch. They go, yeah, of course. When you sous vide them, they come out very tender. I'm just like, no, no, no. Acknowledge the fact that I know what sous vide is and I knew exactly what you were doing. I knew you weren't boiling a steak. Uh, but again, they deny me. They, they shun me. Uh, but after I finished the show, well, not finished the first part of the show, I was able to shake Doug's hand and find out that he doesn't really have hard feelings. But again, he did rifle through my clothing. Uh, So I'm here to do a show, Cincinnati, July 7th. And you know what you'll get on stage? A lot of that magic from the past 30 seconds. (laughs) A lot of me talking about boiling steaks and shaking hands and getting distracted about nonsense. Uh, Come and check me out in Cincinnati at the Clifton Performance Theater, July 7th. Tickets are on sale now at brownpapertickets.com. I would love to see you there. And like I mentioned, if you're a Patreon subscriber over $10 a month, you'll get in free. Write me a note and tell me, hey Mike, I've been given for a while. I'll check your name, put you on the list, and you can come in and have a good time and watch me try to shout with no microphone. Uh, I don't think there's a microphone. They said we could rent it or something, but I just that just doesn't seem like anything I'm going to do, right? I'm not. I'm not going to go rent a microphone for 15 people. You don't need me to be amplified. But what am I going to do with my hands the whole fucking show? Because I usually have a microphone stand that I'm gripping and holding on to and stuff. Now I got to do gestures. I'm going to shove them in my pocket and look weird. I don't know. This is going to be bad. Don't come to the show. You know what? Refunds available. Refunds available right now. Contact me. I'll send you all your money back. Uh, Clifton Performance Theater, Cincinnati, July 7th. Come and check me out. I'll be there lurking after the Spartan Sprint, which, uh, you know, I talked to our friend Colette at breakfast today as she consumed her egg whites. And she also told me her uh, her trainer would like to see me this week a couple of times to try to help me out, which I thought was great. And then she said, we'll go at 8 a.m. And I said, I'm so disappointed I don't get to meet your trainer this week uh, because eight o'clock AM, man, that is, I, and I, again, I'm trying to do my thing where I said rebirthday, but that means bed by two up by 10. I need eight hours of sleep. I just don't see me getting to bed by midnight, maybe. And then I could get to, well, I, I didn't have to wait. I have to be in bed by one to get there by eight because I'd have to be up by uh, uh, nine. No, by no, I got to be in bed by 11. I'm not good at numbers again, folks. I flew all night long. My head is still fucking scrambled. I'm fogged out. Uh, But the point is I might see her trainer this week. I don't know what that's going to entail, but we'll see. Uh, I hope John doesn't think I'm cheating on him or something, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, But then I got that race on Saturday and oh Christ, I don't even know. So I talked to Colette and she's like, yeah, my trainer is excited. I'm eating the egg whites. And uh, she's like, I'm really excited about this Spartan spring because it means a lot to me. It means a lot to my life. It's a goal I've set and I wanted to do it by a certain time. And she said, here, take a look. And she dudes, dudes. Now I'm doing this thing on a lark, right? Colette invited me and I'm like, yeah, I'll do this because why not? And when I accepted, I thought I'd be in much better shape than I am by now and not worried about dying. But Colette shows me she's got a tattoo of the Spartan sprint logo on her arm to commemorate this event. And then when she completes the race, her tattoo artist said, when you complete it, you bring in the medal, and I'll put mud on the face of this logo, like for free. And I knew then I was in over my head. I came out here to to maybe have some chili with spaghetti and uh and do a dumb run and then possibly do a show that entertains four people, but she's got a fucking tattoo invested in this goddamn thing and uh and so we're so i'm I'm pot committed like i mean even if I was like, like oh my wow, my arm hurts I, I I gotta do it now. Cause I got to get her a muddy tattoo. It's got to happen. I got to be there for her. Cause that, like I said, that's the only saving grace of this whole thing is that she and I are going to keep the same pace. Probably, you know, we're not worried about falling off and she's going to sprint ahead of me. No, we're just, we both are just concerned with finishing because she's got a tattoo on the line. And I just, I got to tell you that I finished or Else you'll all think I'm a fucking idiot. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, like I said, I was out here like, wee, this is fun. And, uh, and she's like, look at this tattoo of all dark blackness and red. I must have mud put on it to commemorate this pivotal moment in my life. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for being willing to participate. Because you know who wouldn't? Doug. He's like, I'm not doing that race. That sounds stupid. And your tattoo is stupid. And I'm going to go boil some meat. So shut up. He's just so mean. So like you see now, I Colette reached out across the states to get me to come here. Because otherwise, she's a lone wolf. She's doing it by herself, trying to earn free mud on her own. And that's not going to happen. She needs me by her side. With Doug holding the camcorder, he probably, and he's not even to show up. Hey, we're going to get home from the race completely broken and battered, covered in mud, and he's going to go, "Why don't one of you guys clean the kitchen?" He's going to be so mean to us. Uh, but he won't be. He'll be wearing his shorts. He'll be wearing his. He'll be changed into his evil Doug clothes. Uh, so Colette is excited for this race, and she's got a thing. And I am. I'm so now. I'm pumped. I'm like, all right, dude, we're finishing. So, uh, so Cincinnati, the night of the seventh, there will be a show. Colette and I may be in a lot of trouble physically, but we'll make it. We'll be there, and it'll be fun and exciting. Uh, If you can't make it to Cincinnati this week, and that means in two days, and I I, I probably assume that you can't, but uh, you can come to Seattle. Why wouldn't you come to Seattle and see me? Because I'm doing two shows in fucking Seattle. Thursday, August 9th. Saturday, August 11th. The Jewel Box at the Rendezvous. I'm with Graham Elwood Thursday and Saturday. Thursday's a political vigilante show where I get to talk about the world. And, oh, I think all of you out there know just how much I love talking about the world. Uh, I will just tell you this now. I finished, you know, the, the first half of the show, and then I had to make the call to David for the artwork, and then I had to meet officially meet Doug and shake his hand, uh, and then I had to, I checked Twitter, and uh, and I'm just gonna say it. Donald Trump just tweeted a tweet where he's like, as a writer, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on one second, sir. You need to downshift. It's bad enough we've given you president. Let's not steal all of the fake things you've never done. As a writer, get the f- literally those three words disqualify you from being a writer, my friend. The very fact you have to plant that flag indicates you didn't earn it. Uh, but it's, he wrote some bullshit about how I've written many best selling books, and I love the fact that people look at my tweets and look for mistakes. It's like, dude, you that's this is what you've got, this is what you have to talk about, you fuck. Uh, so come out on Thursday, August 9th, and watch me do more of that. Because I'll tell you what, as a writer, I'm going to have so many things to talk about. Uh, I can't wait to talk about the state of the world. You know what I really look forward to talking about is this woman who's a socialist who won an election in New York. Oh, don't you want to hear me talk about that? In an election where she got, I think, two thousand votes, but now she's the savior of the entire party. That's going to be fantastic, right? Let's go ahead. I, you know what I love about the Democrats? They consistently find the flimsiest of baskets to put all of their eggs into. Good for you. I'm sure this won't wind up with a pool of yolk at our feet. You fucking dumbasses! Jesus Christ! I literally heard this. They have. You know who the right now the front runners are for the 2020 nomination? This is true for the Democrats. The front runners are uh, Bernie Sanders. And Joe Biden. Yeah, that's right. Apparently, they couldn't convince the old men from the box of cough drops to run. You've got to be kidding me. That's it. Why, why don't you just, you know what? Why don't you just run a mustard patch and a beard? Just run that for president. Just go ahead and put him on a stool and put him at every debate. Just a fucking mustard patch, a pipe, and a beard. Why don't you just run a fucking Model T or an Edsel? Just roll that out there. Have it fucking just spitting and belching carbon fumes and just go ahead and put that in office, you dumb fucks. What kind of, be- They don't even, I was just saying say they don't have a strong bench. They don't have a bench. They don't have a dugout. They got nothing. This guy's going to win again and ruin everything. You know, and you know what's funny? He's going to ruin everything the first four years. What if he spent the next four years just putting it all back the way it was? What if he's just like, you know what? I'm a child. I just wanted to fucking tear apart this puzzle and put it back together over eight years. What if he turns out to be a genius? What if he really is the smart guy? What if we're all dumb? Well, what a mess that would be, right? What if it just turns out this is some weird long con, and and his in his second term he goes, ah, I was just having fun with that last term, and then he creates everlasting peace for a thousand generations. Oh my God! What if he's a genius? What if he lives to be one hundred and fifty and he rules with a soft and iron hand? He just fucking changes the world for the better. God damn, he's just literally his second term is just going to be him walking through the woods with bluebirds, cartoon bluebirds singing on his shoulder. So that's the kind of special magic I'll bring to you Thursday August 9th just before the political vigilante comes out there and tells you about the situation in Chile. What the fuck, man? Who cares? I got to see every all these tweets. Like I just I just saw something. I got an email alert that Poland has done away with their Supreme Court. What is happening? And Angela Merkel has had to uh, like compromise with the Nazis or something because in order to save her center right government, this whole thing is going bad. It's you know what? You don't don't buy any tickets for Seattle until I get there because there may not be a Seattle by the time this fucking thing rides around with the fucking Germans surrendering. The Polish are giving in and Trump telling him everybody's a writer. There couldn't be more tragedies. So Thursday, August 9th, come see me talk politics. Oh, after that chunk right there, you just heard. Don't aren't you? Aren't you just aren't you salivating? Haven't I just whet your appetite just making you think about all the genius I'm going to bring to the table? Uh, I'm going to bring no genius to the table, but Graham Elwood certainly will, and he will go after me and headline that show. And then Saturday, August 11th, that's just your good old-fashioned let's-have-fun-and-do-stand-up-and-storytell show. And I'll be closing that one, and that'll be a total amount of fun. So Seattle, come see me at the Jewel Box of the Rendezvous Thursday, August 9th, Saturday, August 11th. And, uh, and I'll be there. I'll be seeing Pearl jam a couple of days. Let's go. Uh, I'm here to eat chili and spaghetti. What do you got in Seattle? Uh, coffee. I don't like coffee, fuck coffee, but uh, if you've got something else I'll eat there. something that's good. Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. So let's do that. Let's have fun. Hey, let me sleep on your couch and have your husband get mad at me. That'll be fantastic. I'll come to town for that. Folks. Did you know that there's a cameo app? There is. By the way, the mystery was solved of who Megan was. She wrote me and I realized it's a Megan that I've interacted with many times, but because her husband didn't give his name, I was like, oh, okay, I don't know who this is. But if you want to use the Cameo app so I can call your aunt a jerk, go ahead and do that. Just sign me up. Go ahead and look me up. And it's a Cameo. It's Cameo.com, I believe, or BookCameo.com and uh and you can find me on the app i'm there i'm lurking and i'm I'm telling people good things about themselves i'll give you like i said i'll give your kid an attaboy for passing a, a test or i'll yell at him for getting a detention or i'll just you know what i'll say good boy to your dog over and over who cares i get money out of it i get, i'm charging you 20 bucks for all this bullshit so go ahead and do it get me some goddamn cash go use the cameo app and have me tell somebody in your family that you don't like them i'm happy to do it we have a patreon page that exists go ahead and become a patreon person uh if you if you're and i will thank you personally but we've had some uh, exits recently uh but hopefully some people will go ahead and step up for the patreon page like i said as i mentioned rebirth day rebirth week rebirth year i plan on becoming a lot more active regarding the patreon page and all sorts of things and again folks words yes words we all know words and they're cheap. Actions, however, will speak. So, why not become a Patreon patron and go ahead and find out exactly what you're going to get going forward? Me talking and things and me doing personalized podcasts and all sorts of fun stuff. Maybe even a phone call or two. Ha <laughs> ha, look at the fun we're having with just me and my voice. Words, that's all I have to offer. Become a patron of Patreon and you'll find out for yourself exactly what you can get. It'll be fantastic. Why not? Sign up now. Why not? What are you doing? What else are you doing with your life? Uh, I have a website. Mike Go to the Joe business page. We've got stuff for sale on there. Uh, we still have links for stuff. That's no longer for sale because you know, we're in the middle of a big transition folks. By the end of the month, we'll have a new website up. Uh, but more importantly, the Amazon link lives on that page. Go ahead and click on the Amazon link, click through there. And uh, it works out perfectly. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. As you know, that's ideal for everybody and all people involved. Uh, use the Amazon. You're using it anyway. Don't tell me you're not. And it costs you nothing extra, just a couple of clicks, and then you're in there. Whatever you buy, I get a taste of it. You support the show, and it's fantastic. And I will tell you this, Amazon Prime Day is coming up. I think it's July 16th, and it's, I think they're doing 36 hours this time. And if you use that, I get special bonuses and bounties, and it really will help if you go ahead and use the link during Amazon Prime Day. Thank you so much for thinking of the show. It helps a great deal. And uh, and Amazon Prime Day, what a fantastic idea, right? Look at that guy, Jeff Bezos, making all the, ca- the cash in the world. let's make him some money damn it uh so please reach out help jeff bezos we get money he gets money you get stuff and especially keep it in mind for prime day i'll remind you about this again next week but prime day is coming up uh and that will be fantastic and perfect and that'll be great uh and now i gotta go eat a boiled fucking steak and and by the way they still haven't mentioned any side dishes i haven't heard anything and not one word about a side dish because they're all happy about sous he's holding up something now that pretends to be a side dish it looks like it could be an asparagus is that an asparagus doug doug is going to make an asparagus will there be a hollandaise involved doug I don't want a holidays. I don't care for a holidays. I, I baited the trap there. You stepped right in it. I don't like a mayonnaise-based sauce. I don't like anything. I don't like. I'm not a sauce guy. You know that. I'm not a freestanding cheese guy. I'm not much of a sauce guy. And uh, and so like, I like a clean. I like a, You know, asparagus. Are you gonna char them on the grill, Doug? Okay, yeah. Oh, look at that. He puts them on the grill. God damn, Doug knows what he's doing. He knows the ways around a grill. I, why, how did how did we ever doubt Doug? All of you people out there, how did you doubt Doug? I'm sure you thought twice about it when he threw the meat in a pan of boiling water. That was a bit of a problem. And, uh, but at least he's not going to boil out the nutrients of the asparagus. He's going to go ahead and char them up on the old grill. They have a little crispness to them, a little crunch. I don't know what the starch is going to be. I don't know when these biscuits are going in the oven, but I know they haven't been started yet. Maybe they don't want to. You know what? Maybe I'm on the biscuit table. Maybe this rickety tinker toy fucking table is where they make the biscuits all the goddamn time. And by me having my studio all set up, studio—that's a laptop and a microphone. It's all set up so they can't be making the biscuits. I got to hush. You know what? I got to hurry this show up. Otherwise, I'm not going to get any cheddar bays. See, folks, see the sacrifices I do for you. I go ahead and I bust out a show just so I can go ahead and get some cheddar bays but they can't make the cheddar bays until the show is over this is a sophie's choice this is a goddamn uh sodom and gomorrah with the cutting the baby in half or whoever the fuck whatever the hell that was i don't know who that was this is lot and a pillar of salt this is a bunch of that other stuff that's kind of like other stuff this is stuff that's like other stuff that's what it is so now i'm doing a show or trying to earn biscuits but they can't make the biscuits until the show is over this is a devil's bargain i'm making up a lot of things that this could be but it's none of those things is it it's truthfully this. Just... Stay lonelier than being trapped inside yourself. It's easier to hide when you pretend Bye. you're the nice. Women Bye. love a guy Bye. with a giant neck.
0: playing on a level that most will never see.